I'm Val Porter. Currently, it is, uh, I don't know, what do you think, about 38 degrees at DVE? Yeah, that's that sounds good. We just ballparking it now? Something like that. Yeah. Good. Uh, in uh, New York, there are still thousands of people without power in New York and New Jersey from last week's Nor'easter as a second storm threatens the area. Uh, Con Edison is around 30,000 customers without lights, mainly in Westchester County, and there's more than 40,000 NYSEG customers in the Hudson Valley still waiting for electricity. In New Jersey, more than 40,000 JCP and L customers are without power. Utilities have extra crews working around the clock to get things restored before a storm packing snow moves in Wednesday. More storms, Bill. It's not done. It's a lot of storms headed not our done. way. Uh, America's United Nations ambassador is accusing the UN of bullying Israel. That's the message Ambassador Nikki Haley had for the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee conference in Washington yesterday. Haley said in a speech to IPAC that the UN spends more than half its time signaling out, singling out Israel for bullying, and the U.S. won't stand for it any longer. <laughs> Haley reminded the nation's biggest Israel lob- lobbying organization she's a strong supporter of President Trump's decision to move the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem. She said Jerusalem is and always will be Israel's capital. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is due to speak at the conference today. He's also uh, about to be indicted. Uh, they got him on charges. That guy oh, that'll be for fun, corruption. Man. Yeah, he's in big trouble. And then they're moving it to Jerusalem. You know, that's uh, that's good for the people who are the end of timers. Yeah, because this is the end of times. This is what they see happening, which they might not be wrong. Might yeah, I mean, wrong. I think if Jesus was going to come back, this would be an ideal opportunity. This yeah. is the, the this, this is the right time. Yeah, he's like mm, now seems like a good time. Yeah, get my chariots, set them ablaze. <laughs> he doesn't have chariots; he'll just Uber now. He's very efficient. Oh yes, that's right. In a Prius, <laughs> a thirteen-year-old student is accused of making a threat against the school last month in northwest suburb of uh, Woodstock, Illinois. Authorities say the boy was arrested yesterday after he made violent threats toward other students in Northwood Middle School. The student faces felony charges of disorderly conduct. He was being held at the Kane County Juvenile Justice Center. Did you see that story in the Chicago Tribune yesterday about the kid they found the school shooter? No. He he didn't make it to school. He killed his dad and his and his and his I think his stepbrother and he was on his way to school. This this predates the sort of recent ones. I want to say it was with a year ago or within the last year. Okay. And the thing that stopped him from being able to p- carry out his uh mission, uh he didn't have an assault rifle. He had it like his dad's rifle. And then the, Really? Yeah. He, he couldn't amass an arsenal, but he had all of his plans laid out for what he really wanted to do. Why couldn't he amass an arsenal? I don't know. But he couldn't. Just didn't have the funds. Yeah, it's crazy, though. But the, but it, it's like the M.O. of the kid was exactly like all of these other school shooters. He was the the kid he was you know who was kind of picked on and then became like the kid who tortured animals. Anybody that tortures animals... That is a red flag of all red flags. It really is. It really is. It used to be like, I remember when I was a kid, I don't think we necessarily thought that that person was going to go on to be a serial killer or anything like that, but you definitely thought like, yeah, that person's weird. It wasn't, torturing animals is not a thing that kids just do. Well, you know, with all these school shootings, like I wanted to go back and read that book, Columbine, Mm because they've had the, the author of that book on a few times just to kind of dig into that story because that was really the first huge oh, yeah. 
national news school shooters. Remember that it was the trench coat mafia, oh, yeah. those two kids. Those kids had an arsenal. Oh, yeah. And I just wanted to go back because I remember being in high school at that time. That was what, 96, 98, somewhere around Marilyn there? Marilyn Manson yeah. era. So, yeah. 94 or 96, something like that. Um, Thought that that would have been a standalone tragedy. Well, we'll learn from this, and this will never happen again. Right. Uh, Tower Records founder Russ Solomon has died at the age of 92. Tower Records is dubbed as arguably the first nationwide record supermarket. Solomon died in his hometown of Sacramento, California on Sunday. He was reportedly watching the Academy Awards and suffered a heart attack. He was drinking whiskey, watching the Academy Awards. Yeah, you know, good way to go. Solomon's son, Michael, said ironically he was giving his opinion of what someone was wearing that he thought was ugly. And he asked his wife, Patty, to refill his whiskey. When she returned, she he had uh, slipped off. Well, a number of unpublished Lou Reed po- By the way, I thought this was the same story. Um, the Solomon Record guy, or Solomon Record, Tower Records guy. Do you remember... What it used to be like to go into those mega stores like that? Oh yeah, it was incredible. It's I never. Loved it. it wasn't the same feeling as going into the independent ones. No. The independent ones give you this cool sort of uh, vibe of like, yeah, oh, I'm really doing something. You know, this is underground and unique, and you'd see all those like unique characters, like the Bohemian older dude, f- rifling through records and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Tower Records had this like, <clears throat> I'm not cool enough yet. To be able to know what all those other records in the record store are. Right. I need to get the... I'm in 101. I'm in rock and roll 101. And it had everything. Like, all your baseline needs in every genre were there. And that was... You know, those superstores, I remember the first time I was ever in one was when I was in college up in Boston. And they were... They had that one wall in the back with a whole bunch of headphones so you could sample the music. Yep. And I had never seen that before because you know i had been to like nrm and squirrel hill or sam goody somewhere in like one of the malls but they didn't have that that was fancy real fancy until everyone started giving each other lice (laughs) until you started thinking about everybody's sweaty ears being in those those muffs yeah everybody you were just on the bus with you now have (laughs) you now have in your ears a number of unpublished Lou Reed poems uh, will be published later this year. Archival imprint anthology editions will publish the book called Do Angels Need Haircuts? Along with an audio recording of Reed reciting the material from a reading at New York St. Mark Church in 1971. Wow, these are really old. It will also feature a written introduction from Reed and an afterword by his widow, Lori Anderson. The book is due out this April. In San Diego, California, a 100-year-old woman has an unusual way of keeping healthy for so many years. Matilda Curcia. And her neighbor both turned 100 over the weekend. The pair have been living on the same block for the last five decades and had a small party with family and friends to celebrate the milestone birthday. Garcia says she does her exercises every day, but she also drinks beer and loves potato chips. (laughs) And they're active walkers. They ride their bikes from time to time. See, Bill, all you got to do is go for a walk. You have some beer, potato chips, and and life is, is grand. Also, move to San Diego. Big help. Yeah, that'll help. No seasonal depression. It turns out that even oh no snow, no shoveling, no weather <laughs> problems. It's perfect. It's 72 every day. I mean, I lived in L.A. for a little while, and it, it, it made me not appreciate the sun as much. 
That being that's said, the price of having the sun all the time. I, I I'd rather it. Yeah, I don't mind the, having a lack this, of appreciation. This winter has damn near broke my spirit, and it hasn't even been that bad. Uh, it's been pretty bad. How many times do you have to shovel? Um, not that many, but it's just you know the the flu and just the well, cold, sucks, the hot, yeah. the cold. It turns out that even the best of sailors might occasionally need a lifeline. Florida's Randy Smith, an America's Cup winner, an America's Cup winner, an Olympic gold medal winner, and a member of the National Sailing Hall of Fame, had to be rescued by the Coast Guard on Saturday. <laughs> His 20-foot sailboat capsized 12 miles south of Sanibel Island, and he was trying to beat a record he set last year in a race down Florida's Gulf Coast. He was not injured. Uh, Pizza News, Pizza Hut is making ordering pizzas easy and fashionable. Did you see this story? The pizza chain is rolling out a new high-top sneaker that orders pizza. Pie Tops 2. Yeah, you're going to get beat up and beat up bad if you have some some Pie Tops 2. They got Bluetooth technology that allows wearers to order pizza by pressing a button on their shoes. Oh, that's gross. Shoes will pair with the (laughs) owner's smartphone. And the Pie Top app. That's for not iPhone even practical. Or Android. And when the user presses the button, the app will open to confirm the order and address. Last year, Pizza Hut launched the first edition of Pie Tops. An upgrade from last year's edition includes a button on the left shoe, which is capable of pausing live TV so you won't miss anything when your pizza is delivered. Oh my God, we're doomed. I don't understand. It's it's further away from you than your smartphone. How is that practical? I don't even know. I remember what, did you remember the Reebok pumps? Oh, yeah, dude. Like, growing up in the city, like, you could get shot for a pair of Reebok pumps. They were everything. But they it made sense. They pumped up your shoes. They didn't order a pepperoni pizza for you. Well, they were self-contained. You weren't launching an app. <laughs> I don't get it. By the way, I'm certain I'm I'm joining your team in terms of the Grubhub being creepy as all hell. I don't like like it. just some random dude showing up. Like I don't like the the unaccountability of it. No accountability. He can't I get fired from that place. Be fi- yeah. yeah, I want to be able to call the place I ordered from and be like, "You got to fire that guy." Right, and they're gonna be like, hey, "We can't." We don't go. know that guy. You just went upon. You took it upon yourself to go third party on us. That's between you and him. And then they always look like it's a drug deal or or they're handing off ransom money. But have you noticed that there's some shops that are starting to deliver now? Like Panera delivers now. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you know that? No, I didn't. But I I just assume Amazon's going to deliver everything pretty soon. Well, yeah, they are. We're going to be the... Whole Foods. They're going to deliver Whole Foods for sure. That's... I don't know. I don't like my groceries getting delivered either. I went and got groceries yesterday. It was a nice experience. I like that's one thing I like doing. Stuff I that I want to get delivered are like dumb little, you know, the the the, the hard the, like not hardware, but dumb stuff around the house that I don't want to have to um, have amassed. Sure, like because if I need a roll of duct tape, I'm not gonna run out of the house to go get duct tape. I wait until there's like ten things that I need. <laughs> right, with Amazon, you be like, boom. You get it like the next day, and you didn't have to do anything. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, those I kind do. of things. That's I like doing it for those things. Yeah, but I still try to shop locally hardware though, because those are the guys that really get it. Rawyers. Yeah, Rawyers is the one I'll go that's, to just because that's that's my. It's uh, out our way. Spot <clears throat> South Hills. Oh yeah, place is awesome. They have everything. Yeah, but it's <laughs> tougher and tougher to shop local though. 
You know? It is. Um, yeah, I was in Whole Foods yesterday. I don't know. Every time I go there, I feel like, wow, I'm so food woke. And then it just turns out I'm going to be fat for a different reason. I always try to keep the perspective that at one point they tried to sell asparagus water, and that's not a thing. Yeah, that's true. So I, I never let them take me too far off the edge. Like that's I'm good. always like, all right, I know what food is. Yeah, I'm not going to be tricked into thinking something is food, and it's not. It's not a thing. I did pay too much for for Brussels sprouts yesterday. But I, because they had them pre-chopped. They're like chopped. They're halved. They were ready to go. I'm like, oh, I don't have to cut anything. They're just done. I'm in. I don't have kids. I'll pay a premium for that. Listen, somebody just did labor for you. You're going to have an upcharge for that. I don't have to pay any tuitions. I don't have to pay uh, for any, you know, kid uh, doctor bills. This is what you're telling yourself? This is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Because I was just thinking of how unbelievably lazy I am. I couldn't cut my own Brussels sprouts in half, and I'm like, you know what? Whatever. Treat yourself. That is a number one sign that you've grown up with Jagoff friends and brothers. Oh, my God. When you always have an argument at the ready when you're by yourself. I do it all the time. <laughs> I constantly have arguments with myself. No one's there with you. No, I can buy Brussels. Like, you didn't. No one ever has to know. Did you ever put on a shirt? Like, when you're shopping for clothes or something, you're yep. like, you know what? This could This could work. And then you just think. What would my friends say if they saw me in this? And you just take it off before you even get the oh my sentence. God. I go around the horn, <clears throat> clowning myself. Oh, yeah. As my friends. Yeah, I roast myself. Yeah, it's bad. But here's the thing is, like, if I'm with my friends, that's what it is. If I, like, am hanging out at all with, the like, the younger generation, and occasionally mm-hmm. I'll, I'll play with, like, musicians who are younger... And uh, I have to remind myself that's not how they do it, because I went Saturday from an all-day birthday party with my like friends who I've known for twenty years, mm-hmm. where it was just like you were basically defending yourself the entire time from a, just an onslaught of attacks and, <laughs> right. and just character assassinations from your friends. Uh, to the next day, lovely people who support each other, but my, I was still on killer mode, and one of the guys had a puffy jacket on, like hipstery, and I was just like, boom, 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 yeah. and I thought he was starting to tear up. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I'm still in attack mode. Yeah. I, you got to be a hybrid in those situations. Yeah. You got to switch to electric. People who are in their 30s now, early <laughs> 30s, versus the people in their 40s who are my friends, world of difference yep. from how they treat each other. My friends, wait for every moment to attack. They just look for vulnerabilities and go in. And then oh, they look all at gang you. Up you grew up yeah. with all that acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, man, I'm so sorry. I was ripping on your puffy jacket. I'm like, hey, dude. I'm like, did you pull a, a, a string on that and it blows up into a lifeboat? <laughs> Can we all jump in? He's like, this is, you don't like this? No, I love your dog bed. No, yeah, it looks great. When are we going camping? Mm-hmm. Can we all fit in there? Uh, all right, when we come back, Mike's out your sports. Val is uh, tending to a uh, to a uh, auto issue. So she was a little bit late, and that's why you had a terrible, awful newscast here brought to you by me, who is uh, under uh, 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 capable of delivering the news the way that you're accustomed to. That's right. So my apologies. Uh, on the show a little bit later on this morning, Billy Ardell. Uh, Mike Lang, 
Also, talked about the Pens, who get the W in overtime last night. And uh, this kid, Vince Lazarus, is going to be on the show at 815. High school kid who's going to be featured on the Sci-Fi Network. This kid's a genius. He built a tank in his backyard. I never built nothing. Not one thing. <laughs> never. We got to make sure this kid stays good. The Pinewood Derby was the height of my mechanical know-how as a kid. And, oh, well, I bought a moped from JCPenney used <laughs> one time, and uh, I hooked up the, a throttle. That was, uh, that was about the most I ever did. Wow. It had, That's pretty impressive. It, it was like a one, two, three, four instruction manual. It wasn't a lot of steps. So what, you had a moped that you just turned into a hot rod or what? No, man, it was a moped that I bought used from like a flea market, and I'm like, we're going to soup this up. We're taking the governor off. For some reason, I thought I could make it go 80. Oh, we're going to take the governor off this There's no thing. governor on those things. My, my cousin's like, he's like, oh, dude, we can make the thing go pretty fast. So I, I bought it, and then it needed a throttle, so I put the throttle on, and it was like my introduction to the, that world. And I'm like, that's about as far as I'm going, I think. <laughs> that's about it. I'm going to jump back on the piano. Put two blow torches on the side. <laughs> Don't you wish you were mechanically inclined like that, oh, though? Oh, my God. Yes, of course. God, it's my biggest regret. I can't change a tire. My dad was a gearhead, too, and I just did not stay. I, I just didn't take to it. Me neither. Um, I, I, I didn't. One time I had this, uh, my, my grandfather bought me this bike. It was like a dyno. It was a GT dyno, you know, one of those like BMX type bikes where you have like the mag wheels and the pegs on the back. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is so badass. And, there's a problem with my handlebars, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my bike apart and then learn how to take it apart based on the process. Like and Fonzie in uh, wanna, Happy Days. Yeah. yeah. Took the bike all the way apart, put it in all these different bags, never put the bike back together. Lost parts. <laughs> no idea. $400 GT my grandfather bought me. Well, this kid's in high school and he built a tank. He's on the show at 815. Mike has your sports <laughs> when we come back. DV. From- Sports. Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show, and a win's a win. That it is. Uh, Penguins got another win over Calgary last night, 4-3 to three in overtime. The start was promising. Chad Ruedel at 2 minutes and 10 seconds of period number one, and then if Getty Malkin kept the pedal down. Penguins ramming in behind the Calgary net. Six foot three goaltender. Kelly's lost the puck and good. The Penguins have scored right in front of the net. Malkin's going to get credit for this goal as the goaltender Gillies wants to play it. And it's Malkin who finds it and he puts it in. The Penguins have a 2 0 lead. It got a little high risk from there and uh, Calgary battled back to tie the game at 2 2 and then battled back again to tie the game at 3 3 and threatened to win it in overtime. Here's Hamilton down the slot. Shooting, good save by Jari. Covers a rebound and holds on. No, wow, no sham wow for Tristan Jari (laughs) in the peg. The Flames also had a 2-1-0 in OT that Johnny Gaudreau was unable to convert. And eventually, Justin Schultz got a chance that he didn't miss. Jari's going to reach out and set it up for Phil Kessel behind the goal. Kessel comes forward. Passing left wing, up for Malkin, just inside the blue line, goes cross rink, open man now, and it's Kessel, goes left side, here's Schultz, shooting and scoring! Justin Schultz gets the goal set up by Kessel, 
and the Penguins have won it in overtime. The kitchen is closed. The defenseman Schultz finishes it from 25 feet. 4-3, the Penguins win. And they get the two points. That's two in a row for the Penguins and 19-7-1 and for the Penguins since January the 2nd. They're also 13-1 and in their last 14 home games. Two assists for Phil Kessel, who establishes a career high in that department at 49. He's hmm. also got an NHL high six overtime points. Six overtime points, a franchise record for the Penguins. Tristan Jari, uh, 12th win of the season for him. That leads NHL rookie goaltenders this season and three points for Evgeny Malkin last night the goal and two assists Malkin with 82 points trailing only Nikita Kucherov in the race for the NHL scoring championship Kucherov has 85 points Malkin 82 Connor McDavid of Edmonton 80 and Claude Giroux of the Flyers has 78 that win got the Pens back into second place in the Metropolitan Division Caps have 81 points through 65 games. The Pens have 80 through 67. Then it is the Flyers with 79 points in 66 games and the Devils with 74 in 66 games. The Pens are at Philadelphia on Wednesday. Maybe maybe a little playoff preview there. Mm -hmm. At Toronto on Saturday and then Dallas on Sunday. The Caps are at the Ducks tonight. Le'Veon Bell uh, made some more news yesterday uh, telling Jeremy Fowler of ESPN that uh, the Steelers have let him know that he will be tagged in the event they don't come to an agreement on a long-term contract by today's deadline for teams to place the franchise tag on players. Said Bell, quote, we're not coming to a number we both agree on. They are too low, or I guess they feel I'm too high. No pun intended. I'm playing for strictly my value to the team. That's what I'm asking. I don't think I should settle for anything less than what I'm valued at. Bell tells uh, Jeremy Fowler that uh, he turned down uh, a deal last year that was worth $42 million over the first three years and averaged $13.3 million over the life of the deal. He wants uh, at least fourteen point five a year, which is what he would get under the franchise tag this year. And... Uh, he also told Jeremy Fowler that he would uh, contemplate retirement, as he had told Fowler in January, just days before the Steelers' playoff loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's not smart enough to be playing this in the media like this. Yeah, I don't know what he's I, like, trying to uh, achieve. Negotiating uh, through the media is never a smart thing, uh, and he's saying a lot of dumb things, I think. You know, his options are... To, to sign it and show up, to do what he did last year, skip, yep. tr- skip training camp. He did have a great year, although he got off to a slow start. Yep. Uh, you don't know what the schedule's going to be. Didn't even like finish the Browns game. Early as opposed to late. But the whole uh, I would argue the whole offense looked out of sync. He could show up after week 10 and uh, play just long enough to get his year in the books. Or he could uh, not play. Does anybody really think at 26 years old and with $14.5 million on the table, he's not going to play? I no. think what he's arguing too for is is the guaranteed money because he's basically saying that if he agrees to the deal they put on the table, he would play. He would be playing at least three years, like three single tag years. Yeah, I mean he's he's got a point, but you can't pay everybody the max. You just can't. You're paying and, AB seventeen million a year. You're paying Big Ben twenty, 
And he's also the guy that um, has has been injured multiple times, and he's been suspended. He, he's a phenomenal player. I think player. he's worth it. I just don't think the Steelers have enough money. Yeah, I think he's worth it. I don't think he's going to get it. <laughs> right. I, I agree with you. And I, I agree. The too. games he's playing in the media are not going to have any impact Stupid. whatsoever. Yeah. It's not going to hurt his cause. No. They're going to they're going to pay him what they think they can pay him no matter No, what it he hurts says him with the fans. Yeah, it then, makes him seem like an idiot. Better to shut your mouth and uh then he'll get let the ball people think you're an idiot than to open it and remove all doubt. Then he'll start gaining 125 yards a game or whatever it is he averages and and everybody'll forget about it. Maybe and, he won't. Maybe he won't. But you know, the people that are online bashing him for his yards per carry are missing his dyn- you know, his dynamic ability as a pass catcher. Yeah, that's I don't. Uh, he's a football player on the offensive side of the ball. He's an X factor. I think his. I think he had the. Uh, if I'm remembering right, the second most touches in franchise history last season, and I think 40 percent of the offense went through him. There's no. There's no question of his importance or or how well he plays. People are questioning it. Well, they're wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, but, it's ridiculous. Uh, everybody can't make uh, twenty million a year, and this is the system is in place for a reason. And they have a, a chance to tag him this year, and he says they tell him they're going to do it. And if you're them, why wouldn't you? The only, the, the real only negative to this for the Steelers is if they were sincere about wanting to move on from a drama-filled season. Uh, this keeps the drama ball rolling, and it's going to keep it rolling. Right through OTAs, right through training camp, right through the start of the season again. That's going to just be one more um, peripheral, potentially distracting topic that they're going to have to deal with. They they dealt with it last year. They can do it again. But tough to uh, turn over a new leaf when uh, you're still raking the same pile. Uh, college <laughs> basketball, West Virginia checks in at number 18 in the latest AP Top 25, the Mountaineers will be in action in the Big 12 tournament on Thursday. Uh, Third seed West Virginia gets six seed Baylor at 9 p.m. Pitt takes on Notre Dame today in the ACC tournament at 2 o'clock. Notre Dame's 18 and 13 overall, 8 and 10 in the conference. Pitt 8 and 23, 0 and 18. The Irish just beat the Panthers 73 to 56 on February the 28th. Duquesne's got Richmond on Thursday in the A-10 tournament, and we've got the great sports debate on March the 14th, 7.30 at Tequila Cowboy on the North Shore. Addition to the panel, guys. The Godfather's checking in. Stan Saverin. Stan not on the initial uh, list, but he's on it today. You guys are giving him 14 mil per year. He must have got what he wanted. I'll be there. Mark Madden will be there. Adam Crowley, Tim Benz, Bob McLaughlin, your host, Sean Collier, your warm-up comedian. VIP tickets are 20 bucks. That gets you free food and two complimentary Bud Lights. Uh, we also encourage you to uh, register your spot, even though general admission is free of charge. Uh, register to avoid being left out on March 14th at the Great Sports Debate. Tequila Cowboy on the North Shore. Sponsored, as always, by Bud Light. It's a fun event. I can't wait. Are you guys going to do it from the Mechanical Bowl, or I, you know, does everyone not, just take turns? You should have to make an opening statement while riding the bull. I, I like, like that. that. Coming we, up, we, we need to get the bull involved somehow. An epic meltdown on television like we've never seen before. 
Also, Mike Lang, Hockey Hall of Famer, 845. We'll wish him a happy 70th, belatedly. Billy Gardell in the 9 o'clock hour. And Val will probably be in around 8 o'clock. Car, car tr- troubles for Val. It's funny, when Val's not here, you know, for the first hour, everyone starts, like, emailing and tweeting us, like, where's Val? What's going on? Hey, what's happening? I can miss three, four days. People are fine with it. Val misses one break. We miss you. Everyone loses their mind. It's all coming up. It's Mama Bear. I got to get her in here. There's going to be a really horribly inept newscast coming up in about 15 minutes. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Bill Porter. Bill Porter. Bill Porter, I just said. Bill Crawford hanging out. It's Val studio. Crawford. Val Bill Crawford. Porter. She's having car troubles, so she'll be in a little bit later. Mike on Bauman and Randy Pursuta. A passenger has been arrested after stripping naked to watch porn and masturbate in his seat before going on to attack an air hostess. Yes, that's right. This is uh, in Malaysia. A 20-year-old student horrified fellow flyers when he removed his clothes <laughs> yeah. during a flight from Kuala Lumpur to Dhaka. I share their horror. <clears throat> yeah. He went on. So, first of all, he takes off his clothes. Everyone is aghast. Of course. Rightly so. What's this guy doing? Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, he's able to just kind of, you know, I don't know. What do How you do? How does he get that far? Here's my first question. Guy gets naked. Yeah. What do you do? Do you beat him up? I mean, do you just start throwing punches? Uh, I think I think he takes his shirt off. There starts to be some rumbling. Soon as he unbuckles the belt and starts pulling his pants down, now we got a problem. You got to throw punches. Now, now right? we, yeah. Because you're on the plane, it may, you know, maybe you're on there with your wife, your girlfriend, your kids. I think you got to beat him up. You, you, you at least have to say, "Hey, dude, put your pants back on." Yeah, at least. What's wrong with you? Well, I think people were saying that, but you know, he was not listening. I don't know that he was. He would in a not state. be deterred. That's right. He went on to uh, watch a porn film. So not only does he strip all his clothes off, then he puts a porn film on. This is this is the point where I start. I turn the corner from being appalled to impressed that he's getting this far in then, his in his quest. Then he started pleasuring himself. Okay, amazing. I would definitely ask for a different seat <laughs> if I was next. Like at that point, he I'm hits a, the thing. Doom. Can I, I have some lotion? I'm a pretty sound sleeper, and that would be my nightmare oh. to wake up and find the guy next to me. Just like totally, like ah. totally naked. Yeah. No, thank you. When the air hostess asked him to get dressed, I like how pl- like polite they are about it. Would you please get dressed? Excuse me, sir. This guy. Did you stop fapping? Al Mamad is his name. Hey, Al, put your clothes back on. Al, put your pants on. He allegedly attempted to hug and grope the stewardesses or flight attendants when. He walked from his seat to the toilet. So it's just a naked guy walking around a flight. Uh, he started urinating in his seat. Oh, wow. All right, he's having a bad time now. Yeah, this dude is off the rails. He is having a bad reaction to something. Uh, then uh, he attacked the flight crew, and then they finally so know, wait, he So guy, he did not complete his, his mission. Look at this picture. He's being handcuffed, but naked. He so he didn't he didn't complete was this um what airline was this was this JetBlue balls 
A fellow passenger told the Sun Daily the problem passenger was ignoring those around him. Yeah, it sounds like it. They added, the cabin crew approached him and politely asked him to put on his clothes. They politely did it? If I take one second longer to put my bags in the overhead, I mean, they're on me like, you know, like a warden in cell block three. (laughs) I know. He complied with their request. A short while later, there was some commotion at the toilet area. Turned out he was harassing a stewardess. How about how nice they are? They're like, will you put on your clothes and stop masturbating? And he was like, okay. And they're like, okay, let's just get, would you like some peanuts now? (laughs) (laughs) They restrained his hands with a piece of cloth. Very bizarre. That's it? That's all it took? Uh, The the airline was Melinda Air. With regards to the incident about a disruptive passenger on board OD-162 to DACA, the crew on board has followed the standard operating procedure to restrain the passenger from causing further disruption to the crew and passengers on board the flight. That's good. So they've got an MO. They've got a how-to. This is something that happens apparently a lot when you're flying from Kuala Lumpur (laughs) to DACA. I'm starting to think that they should have... Business, you know, first class business, coach, and then like a jail section. Uh, yes. Yeah, where you can just be taken back like a like the Con Air kind of section of the plane where you can be strapped down and kept. Sounds like you captive. took like MDMA, right? Yeah. Bath salts. Something. Now, bath salts, he would have started eating faces. He- but the, But why did he take all his clothes off? I don't know. That's why I think bath salts, because all the all the bath salts people get really hot. Really hot. And, and they have that, to discard all their clothes. Not exactly the plane you want to get on. Not, not what Steve Miller was writing about. It was not from the vantage point <laughs> of a guy who took off all of his clothes, urinated on his seat, and masturbated to porn. <laughs> I want you know, you probably should get In the that extended order. leg room. If you're going to do that, you yeah. know, pay the extra 20 bucks. Right. You're going to need it. Extended third leg room. We have the <laughs> most kick-ass St. Patty's Day contest for you guys. It's coming up soon. So listen up on how you can enter to have the best damn St. Patrick's Day ever. DVE. It's like a criminal wearing like a bad disguise. You're like, I, I know it's you, tequila. Stop. <laughs> oh, you're chocolate now? No, you're tequila. I'll drink you, and then I'm going to get arrested. That's how it's going to end. Yes. Because you're like, you know what? I'm drinking to get... Have you ever been to, like, a Cancun or, like, a, a vacation spot? Oh, yeah. Like, Senior Frog... Like, like tequila isn't crazy enough. They shake your head back and forth, oh pour it God. down your throat, and blow a whistle in your face. It's like, what are you... Are you trying to make me kill someone? That's the same thing they do to like, like their hitmen of those Mexican gangs, where they're like, "Go out and behead eight people." All right, and they just send you out yeah, like they, the water they, boy. They, they shake you just, up. Yeah, go get him, Bobby. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Oh yeah, Val is tending to. Uh, she uh, she popped a tire on the way to work. Thanks popped a lot, Mayor Peduto. Yeah, where's Val? Dealing with a pothole, not in here doing the news, reading to the millions of people who are waiting to hear her. Who count on her. Count on her. Maybe not millions, but two, 
Two people for sure, me and Bill. And, and me. Because we are incapable of doing all the stuff that she does. So Val is uh, waiting on AAA right now. Eating Cheetos, I understand. Yes. She had some Cheetos in her car. So First aid Cheetos. Good for her. I don't think she's in a uh, 127 hours scenario yet. No. I don't think she needs to chew off any limbs or anything. No, I don't think she's pinned under her car. No, I I don't think it's emergency vittles that she is (laughs) trying to gather at this point, but I think it's more just she's having a snack. Uh, Utah Lawmakers. (laughs) Oh, by the way. uh, Which is a movie I'd see. Why do we have to watch somebody cut their own arm off with a spoon? Why can't it just be somebody waiting for AAA eating Cheetos? It's a long, it's a long, it's a boring movie. I want to see that movie. <laughs> it's that's how you want to be entertained now. Yeah. I don't the need most everything to be so extreme. Movie ever. hundred and twenty-seven minutes. <laughs> uh, weather this hour brought to you by Bridgeville Appliance. News brought to you uh, this hour by Giant Eagle Curbside. That sounds like uh, that's the that's the service they will they'll curb someone for you, right? Yeah, they'll curb stomp somebody. Yeah, for you. that's nice of them. No, I think that just means they bring the uh, groceries to your. Your car. Yeah, I mean, it's good. If you can't get out to the store, that's a great, great service. I'm afraid I'll start relying on it. Or if you can, a lot of people who have, like a lot of moms who have young kids who they don't want to unload from the car, they're all in their car seats. My sister has three kids now. Yeah. This is perfect for her. She can just pull up without having to get out of the car. They load it in. She's home. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm delivery, but it's curbside. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a good deal. I like to go shopping. But occasionally, the curbside thing would work out great. You know what I don't like doing? Parking. I don't like the parking. Parking stinks. Any parking lot. Who likes parking? Nobody. It's terrible. I had to do like a nine-point turn to get into a parking lot the other day. <laughs> and it wasn't for a Why? compact car or anything. <laughs> it's just... It, it, you know, it's one of those downtown garages. Oh, yeah. Some of those Real are so tight. tight. I'm like, are you for real? Like, a car supposed to fit in this thing? Is there any is there any spots that don't have a concrete post with car paint all over them? Just people ripping their cars up? That's what it was, too, was the one up against the post. Oh. You know those are tough. Boy, the protocol when two people are equidistant from a parking spot in a garage like that, it's tough. I mean, it is really, uh, it's, it's park or be parked. Mm-hmm. It's... It's tough. I beat someone to a spot the other day, and I felt bad. I was like, did you want it? See, I, I yeah, I try to just say, you know what, you take it, because it's not worth dealing with the potential maniac that's going to hunt me down and stab me in the parking lot How about because this? I got the spot. How about this scenario? A street where there are parking spots on both sides, pull-in parking spots, like, you know, um, yeah. like they have in, like, uh, Sewickley or, uh, sure. or Beverly Road, there's one. Yes. Uh, I think there's some in Edgewood, like, where you, you can pull in. Yeah, like diagonally. Yes. If you're turning left into a spot on the left side of the road, yes. which will be on your left, cars are coming at you, so you'll be pulling across traffic to get into a spot. If you're sitting there with your turn signal on, waiting for a spot, and somebody coming in the opposite direction, after six or seven cars go by, just decides, nope, I'm going to take it. Ooh. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. And I don't know. I don't. Like, what's is that, the, is they that have cool? the right away. Right. Is that cool? Even though they knew you were about but, to take that spot? But you've been hanging there. You've been hanging there staring at it. And all those other cars that went by, they knew this guy's waiting on that spot. 
But this 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 new person who has no no idea of the history of how long you've been sitting waiting to turn left to get into that parking spot just rolls right up and nicely seamlessly pulls right into the parking spot, gets out, puts a quarter in the meter and then goes and does whatever. I want to not take that personally. I want to be in a spot in my life where I say, you know what, good for you. But you have to hunt that person but down. My, my deep-rooted inadequacy has me sitting in my car like, this guy thinks I'm a bitch. Yeah, right. He thinks he can take me, yeah. basically. So you have to run into the coffee shop and scream at him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jack, yeah. you didn't see me wait for that spot? Oh, that's awesome. Let me get my tire iron out of the trunk. <laughs> Thomas Lennon. The, the comedic actor from Reno 911. You know that is? He was Lieutenant Dangle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's been in a bunch of movies, and he was, of course, a member of the, really the state. Very funny. Yeah. He told the story on a podcast, uh, on Pete Holmes' podcast, about that same scenario happening to him. And he was so pissed. And it was like some, like, health food restaurant place that he was pulling into. <laughs> and he's so pissed, this huge Hummer, like, just blows in front of him, takes the spot. He's furious, and the guy's driving like a little bit of a maniac. And he said he mm-hmm. runs into the store. He sees the guy walk into the store. He runs into the store. He pats him on the back and goes, hey, didn't you see? Wh-? And then he stops and realizes it's Colin Farrell. <laughs> really? Yeah. So it's the actor Colin Farrell. And he said, and he smelled wonderful. <laughs> and he turned around, and he's like, oh, did I cut you off? Oh, I'm a bit of a C-word, aren't I? And he said, I'm so sorry. And then he hugged him, he said. Oh, my God. And then he's like. What a turnaround. He's like, he was so handsome. Yeah. And, so, and so smelled no, delicious. Smelled so good. And he was so nice. He's like, I just felt so terrible. And I just sat there trembling as he held me. Yeah, that super interesting accent. Yeah. I mean, how. All that self-awareness. That, oh, I'm a bit of a. The most. A yeah, C-word, right. aren't I? How did I do that to you? Oh, oh I'm a bit of a C-word. I do oh. that from time to time. <laughs> Terribly insensitive to other people. What would you do if you if just some beautiful I'd let movie him star me. guy? What, what am I crazy? <laughs> what am I? What am I heartless? <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy the the, the famous person hug. I'd, be, I'd, I'd go get my gluten free rice cakes and ha- probably skip out of there. What happens to your blood pressure when you go from seething mad to oh my god? It's Colin Farrell. He smells wonderful. You feel all warm and tingly. That's how I feel when I get out of a cold shower. Like like, your whole body doesn't know what to do with itself. He's taller than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, News this hour brought to you by Giant Eagle Curbside. Wait, can I I just ask you a question about this? Because I've done this a thousand times where I've had like a simulated road rage incident just happen in my head. I don't know if you've ever done this. But I've I've had this thing where I confront somebody and then they beat the tar out of me. This is my imagination. Why am right. I getting beat up? Has that ever happened because to you? Because it's stopping you from doing it. Okay. It's it's showing you what could happen. Yeah, but I, I you know, I'm I'm in charge here. I'm the director. Why am I letting that happen? Well, back in your single days when you thought about approaching a girl, didn't the specter of rejection loom large? Yeah, I guess. It's kind of the same impulse. Okay. You're like, I better not do that. That chick's never going to go for, you know, she's, she's going to turn me down. That's too embarrassing. I'd rather live with not approaching her. Yeah. It's the same thing with I'd rather live with not trying to fight that guy because he could beat me up. Like, wow, that guy just beat me up really bad. Oh, I'm a bit of a seawork, <laughs> aren't I? I'm a really good fighter, unfortunately. By the way, that won't work if you're not a famous person. If you're not Colin Farrell, 
if someone wants to fight you, don't just try to be self-effacing and give them a hug. <laughs> it probably won't work. No. Utah lawmakers are rejecting a bill that would have allowed police to seize guns from people they believe are a danger to themselves or the public. State Representative Stephen Handy was unhappy yesterday after his bill to allow the seizure of guns from those thought to be mentally ill was voted down by a House committee. I, you know, there's something about that word, seizing the guns is a tough thing yeah. for people to get past. If there was another way to sort of phrase that, it might be helpful. Um, NBC Universal plans to cut the number of commercials that air on its broadcast and cable networks beginning next year. How about that? The Comcast-owned broadcast group says it will reduce the number of ads across all of its channels by 20%. Executives tell the Los Angeles Times they're hoping advertisers will pay for more commercial time next season. The move also comes as a response to the changing habits of viewers who are currently spending more time watching commercial-free stream programming <laughs> over Netflix and Amazon. Look, yeah, they're losing money. That's I, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I really have a hard time watching regular TV now. Yeah, me too. Because yeah. of the commercials. Yeah. I, I'm, I would rather watch something substandard that kept going <laughs> mm-hmm. than whatever I was. I think I was watching Tosh.0 just like threw it on the other day. And it was annoying to me that there was a commercial. I've, I've really become spoiled as a viewer. Oh, have you ever done this? You try to go look for a movie like we do this with the kids all the time. We'll go a movie will be on demand, but then it'll be like a TNT movie. So it's like the uh, TV version of it with the yeah. commercials. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, this is stupid. No, thanks. Where's the movie? Well, it's like trying to watch Goodfellas PG. You can't, yeah. You can't. It ruins it. Can't. No, I mean, they're not doing this because they value the viewers and all. They were losing money and they're trying to keep right. their viewers. Did Metallica know something all those years ago when the band started covering Thin Lizzy's overseas hit Whiskey in the Jar? Master whiskey distiller Dave Pickerel revealed on the industry podcast Whiskey Cast. There's a podcast for everything, man. Whiskey Cast. Said he's partnering with the band to make what he calls, quote, a killer whiskey product. He also added that Metallica will probably build a little distillery someplace as well. He suggested that if Metallica builds, it would be in Louisville, Nashville, or most likely most likely the band's hometown of San Francisco. Okay. Yeah, sure. Pickerel said he released the information with the band's permission. The band's reps have not yet responded to emails asking for confirmation. Uh, I mean... I guess that's catching on too, you know. I mean, the craft beer—it's—it's it's only right people are distilling their own spirits now. If James Hetfield cut me off and I ran in to confront him, and he turned around as James Hetfield, I would—I would feel like Thomas Lennon did with Colin Farrell. If it you was, cut me off, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> if it was Lars, I'd probably throw punches. <laughs> yeah. did, did I catch you off in traffic? I, in Europe, we drive on the <laughs> other. All right. You know what, Lars? Imagine the dude who's got to listen to Lars's opinion on whiskey. He's like, just shut up. All right, fine. Lars, we'll do it. Just shut up about it. I feel like the influence of the barrel is overwhelming. I sound like a combination of Mr. Skin (laughs) and Rain Man. Bono and the boys are releasing three classic albums. on Definitely definitely the 35-minute mark. Uh, they're, uh, Bono and the Boys, this says, uh, they're releasing three classic albums on heavyweight vinyl. You two announced last week they're producing limited edition remastered versions of Pop, All That You Can Leave Behind, and the 85 EP Wide Awake in America on 180 gram records. The albums are currently available for pre-order on the band's online store. The official release date for the records, April 13th. I was listening to a new U2 record the other day, and I really thought Quincy Jones in that crazy interview. How'd you like to see Quincy Jones and Sam Nunberg together, by the way? I, I would love to see Quincy Jones and anybody have a conversation. 
Sam Nunberg interviewing Quincy Jones or vice versa. But Sam or Sam Quincy Jones had a point about you too. I really do think they try so hard to follow the trends now instead of setting them or not even setting them, just doing what you're really good at. Yeah. Because the how was it listening to a U2 album that wasn't forced on you? It was the one that was forced on. Oh, the Rolling Stones did the same thing, but to a better effect. I mean, they followed you know that disco trend and. They did a blues album. Um, yeah, in the '80s production, they they fell into a little bit of that too. Um, so th- they weren't immune to it, but for some reason, it just doesn't work as well with you too because of this sparse instrumentation. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just feels affected. Like they don't need to have a rapper in their songs. No, it feels really, really forced. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I I think that they probably shouldn't have done the Spider-Man musical. Spider-Man touch me. It's no Spider-Man, touch me there. Spider-Man no means no. No means. <laughs> I would have given anything to see the early previews of oh that Spider-Man musical was, where they were flinging Spider-Man around. It was, they, he kept they went smacking through, off the walls in the yes. balcony. They went through a number of Spider-Men. So when you saw it on yeah. Broadway, were they still flying the Superman yes. out in front of over the crowd, sort of yes. Cirque du Soleil style? Yeah, I think like I think uh, a couple of the Spider-Men lost like either limbs or. Yeah. Or uh, fingers or toes or something, something like, like they, that. They there was they were really uh, getting hurt there. But you too, the the edge did a lot of the music. Remember when I, everyone said a standing desk was so much better than a regular sitting one? Yeah. Well, guess or, what? Just like how we constantly hear coffee's good for you, coffee's bad for you, booze is good for you, booze is bad for you, eggs are good for you, eggs are bad for you. Standing is horrible for you now. A new Australian found, a study found that standing at your desk for long periods at a time can cause physical discomfort like swelling in the legs and feet and can affect your ability to concentrate. Bottom line, both sitting and standing for extended periods of time are bad. Researchers say you don't have to give up your standing desk, but you should alternate between sitting and standing throughout the day. That's what I do. A combination. It's annoying. What? Standing, sitting. Yeah. I like to just sit down. I'm a and- big fan of sitting and then laying. And then laying some more. And then I'll sit up every once in a while, but then I'll lay again. I love laying down. Uh, in Arizona, re- real estate agent, I think we did this story with Val. Did we not the $2 million mansion that uh, was used for porn? Yes. For you, for years, the house had been used as a set for a wifey's world? No, we didn't get to this. Yeah. She teased it. It's a $2 million luxury mansion, and they're having trouble selling it because it had been used as a set for Wifey's World, a site run by Kevin and Sandra Otterson. The Ottersons, known to their fans as Hubby and Wifey, worked in the adult entertainment field for over 20 years and have 350,000 Twitter followers. Wow. Of course they do. So they had a good run, clearly. They made a lot of money, but now that they're trying to move, all the stuff they did with each other (laughs) during the production of Wifey's World is freaking people out a bit. You know, normally when you go into a house, you have to do a lot of spackling. (laughs) (laughs) This one, you you really have to rip it back to the studs. (laughs) Because they've already spackled the whole whole house. The whole house is covered. Uh, She said she couldn't make Thanksgiving dinner on counters, one woman uh, who who looked at the place. She's like, "Uh, uh, what would I I put food on these counters? I know what's been done here. Nobody wants to buy a house with a man-made popcorn ceiling. No. (laughs) 
Get out of here. This is gross. All right. Mike's coming in with your sports here momentarily. We're going to update you on our Get Your Shamrocks Off contest for St. Patrick's Day, in which you could win a full day of partying with Sean Casey riding in the DVE parade float. St. Patty's Day Saturday coming up. DVE. It's the DVE morning show. Yesterday, uh, one of the craziest days in the, the Trump administration, which is saying a lot because former aide Sam Nunberg, who uh, some viewers of cable news may be familiar with. He's been a bit of a talking head regularly. Uh, he, he strikes me as the kind of guy that there's like a hundred of those kind of guys hanging around Trump all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, the word <laughs> breaks that Mueller wants to talk to him. And he is a devotee to Roger Stone. Roger Stone is his guy, and no matter what, he's going down with Roger Stone. So he's terrified, it appears, that Roger Stone is going to go to jail, and he doesn't want to contribute to that at all, so much so that he'll go to jail for him. So he goes on the news on every TV show that would have him yesterday and talks about the fact that Mueller wants all of his emails, and he keeps saying, it's going to take me 80 hours to get all these emails together. By the way, 80 all you got to do is type in their name into the search at, uh, at the top of the emails. Everything that you've ever had with them pops up. Put it on a thumb drive. It's that simple. It won't take 80 hours, not to mention they already have it. And then as you watch as the day went on, you realize, oh, this dude must be on Coke. Or he's got to be on uppers or whatever those things yeah. Trump was addicted to for 20 years. Like, Yeah, this is why you don't drink an Adderall. Well, that's just it. People started going. His friends started calling the media and saying, don't put him on, man. <laughs> right. He's he's messed up. Uh, he's either off his meds or he's drunk or both. And he just kept laughing and kept saying crazy things like, I'm not going to jail. I don't care. I'm not going to jail. I'm not testifying. Yeah. I'm going to rip up the subpoena. It doesn't go so well. So it got to the point where uh, last night uh, I thought I was going to end up seeing him on like, you know, Anthony Bourdain yelling at Anthony. Bourdain. Like he's just on every Parts TV unknown. show. He was on the Goldbergs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just it, it, everywhere you went, Sam Nunberg was yeah. there. And then it got to the point where he fa- finally ended up on CNN with Aaron Burnett and she had to call him out. Ask you one other thing. Yes, ma'am. And it's an awkward question to ask, but, you know, I've, I've interviewed yes. before. You're sitting very close to me. Yes. We talked earlier about what? people in the White House were saying about you, yeah, talking about whether you, you, were, you were drinking or on drugs or whatever they uh, had happened today. Um, talking to you, yeah. I have smelled alcohol on your breath. Well, I, I have not had a drink. You haven't had a drink, so that's no. not... No. So I, I just, because it is the talk out there, again, I know it's awkward, let me just get, give you the question, <laughs> well, you can uh, categorically uh, answer that. No, you cat- have you had a drink answer, today? My answer is no, I have not. Anything else? No. No. <laughs> no. Wait. Does meth count? Yes, then. Okay, yes. All right, a little crystal. So what? <laughs> I love the way it smells. Who cares? Larry King would be he like, does no always- problem. I smell alcohol on the breath of 90% of my guests. He always sounds stuffed up, which means he's either permanently got a cold or he's a tremendous cokehead. I don't know, but it seems like, you know, just when you think... Things are unraveled as much as they possibly could be with the we- without the wheels completely coming off. Eh, they unravel a little bit more. Yeah. Y- yesterday was one of the craziest days from like 3 o'clock until 9 o'clock. He was on TV saying he's too busy t- to get emails. I got too much stuff to do. I can't go get all those emails. Did I got to go do another TV hours. show and yeah. talk about how I'm too busy. Come on, dude. Sports up next. Mike Pursuit of Lev Bell just 
you know, trying to wage a, uh, a contract negotiation through the media doesn't seem to be the smartest thing. I don't think it'll have any effect, but it looks like uh, he's headed for the franchise tag. Also, the Pens get a W last night. Mike's got the full report when we come back. Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. And, well, it was fun to watch last night. Entertaining if you're a fan. Yeah. Uh, Mike Sullivan less than entertained, by I the bet. way, his Penguins played in last night's 4-3 overtime win over Calgary. Yeah, they got the two points, but... A little too wide open. Trading, trading chances. Not uh, what he's been preaching and uh, not what he wants to see, guys, moving forward. I don't think it was our best game. I think we found a way to win, but I don't, I'm don't. i not going to sit here and say we played a real good game. You know, I think there were areas where I know we can be a lot better. And, uh, you know, we knew we were going to play a team that was going to play with a whole lot of urgency. They have lost a few in a row. They're on the outside of the playoffs looking in. And uh, and we, know they were, we knew they were going to play uh, extremely hard with a whole lot of urgency, and that's what they did. You know, you have to give Calgary credit. They're, they're a good hockey team, and they're hard to play against. And so... You know, we had moments in the game where I thought we, we, we had some pretty good pushback and we had some uh, offensive zone time, but I thought as a whole, I know we can be better. Yeah, and if you watch the game, you would uh, suspect they can be better. Uh, they got outshot 38-32. to 32. The Penguins were up in this one 2 to nothing, three minutes and five seconds into the game. It was tied at two by the 10-18 mark of the first period. The Penguins gave up a goal at 19:57 of the second period that allowed Calgary to tie it at 3-3. And, uh, oh, by the way, there was an Evgeny Malkin penalty for hooking below the offensive goal line in the third period with the game tied. Stuff like that, they got to be they got to um, be better than that. And uh, they weren't last night, but they overcame it. Uh, they did so on a Justin Schultz goal in overtime. Justin Schultz, like his coach, knows this team is uh, capable of better than it showed last night. Yeah, it was a tough game. They're they're a good team. They're they're playing hard right now. Obviously, they're they're trying to fight for a playoff spot. So um, it was a tough game. I thought you know we were just average tonight. We didn't play our best, but um, I found a way to get the two points. Yeah, and the big thing is the result at this time of the year. The Pens improved to nineteen seven and one since January the second, and they moved back into second place in the Metropolitan Division with eighty points. That's one behind the Capitals. Washington has two games in hand on Pittsburgh. Philadelphia's third with 79 points. The Pens and Flyers will meet Wednesday night in Philadelphia. Shaping up like a little bit of a playoff preview right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe, just perhaps. Pens are at Toronto on Saturday, and uh, Dallas is here on Sunday. The Capitals have uh, Anaheim at Anaheim tonight. Le'Veon Bell uh, has told ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, Fowler that... Uh, yeah, he will still consider not playing next year if the Steelers put the franchise tag on him. Bell expects to get tagged by the 4 p.m. deadline today, failing a miracle agreement on a long-term contract extension. The franchise uh, tag that Bell would play under would pay him $14.5 million this year. And according to Jeremy Fowler's story, that is Bell's base. He's got he's to get that per year in a long-term deal. That's the minimum. He is really intent on biting off his nose to spite his face, I swear to God. The fact that he turned down the last deal last year, which was if those numbers were correct, it was like over the, nice course, offer. over the course of five years, I think it was under $3 million difference, which so much can happen in that time. And it was guaranteed. 
Yeah, according to uh, Fowler's story, uh, Bell confirmed that he turned down a deal last year that would have paid him $42 million over the first three years with a 13.3 average over the life of the deal. And he wants 14.5. Yeah. So that ends up being, what, $5 million difference because he wants a five-year deal, right? I mean, Can't he, they figure that out with a signing bonus or something? He has an argument, but, you know, there's... There's a reality There's only the so much money there's to other, go around. Yeah, there's other players on the team. And... You know, the way this stuff is supposed to work out, you know, based on the, the way the CBA's been negotiated, is the Steelers have control for one more year, and then, and then he can go get his free agent money next year if he thinks he's sure. worth more than that. And, you know, somebody would probably pay him more than that. I, maybe, he's, but he's if you wait really till week 10 player. to play, maybe not. I don't think the smart play is sitting out for a year. Not making money is not a good business move. No, that's not gonna, and, and that's not gonna get him free. I mean, that, that's just gonna be a year he doesn't play. Right. You can't. Okay, I'll sit the year out and then be a free agent. It doesn't work that way. Especially with what teams are doing now, Mike. Like it seems like that people are putting more emphasis on drafting running backs early, and they're coming in and contributing right away. What you saw last year was really eye-opening. Uh, the running back had been kind of devalued over the years as it became more of a passing league, and then Le'Veon Bell's a guy who helped remind people, and Ezekiel Elliott. Helped remind people, hey, the running back can really make an impact quickly. Kamara, Kareem Hunt. The guys last year that uh, were not top 10 overall picks and came in and had great seasons and really helped their teams. You can, you know, will they find a running back as good as Le'Veon Bell if they didn't have him? No, they would not in all likelihood. But would they, could they find a guy who's pretty good and maybe not that big a drop off? I think they could. Uh, Jack Del Rio commented on this yesterday on Twitter about, you know, Barkley's performance at the Combine has everybody's eyebrows raised, and rightly so. And he said... Rich Eisen was talking about that yesterday, saying the the buzz in Indy was Cleveland's going to take Barkley number one. Because it's not a quarterback's league if there's a special player, if there's a guy who transcends what others are able to do at the position, at a key position... You know, it'd be tough to take a wide receiver first if they don't have a quarterback. But, boy, you can really build around a running back like that. And he can really help a quarterback take some pressure off. I don't think Kaiser stinks. I don't either. I don't either. Well, you might get the same email I got from our (laughs) Browns fan up on the fifth floor who sent me a dissertation (laughs) in response to my I don't think Kaiser stinks observation. But uh, we'll see. You know, chances are. I'm guessing that he thinks he does stink. Oh, he thinks he's horrible. Yeah. Thinks he's horrible. Uh, I don't think uh, Bell's going to get what he wants, and I don't think for a second he's going to not play next year. So, probably work out the way it did last year. Mm-hmm. No camp, and then uh, bring him in and give him the ball a whole bunch of times and throw it to him a whole bunch of times and, and see where you're at, as we like to say in Pittsburgh. I think their plan's going to end up being – uh, outscore them next year. You know, they'll try to improve the defense. You're not going to find another Ryan Shazier. Um, I don't know whether you can find a better safety than Mike Mitchell. You can find a cheaper one. But I don't know if you can find a better one. Our St. Paddy's Day Get Your Shamrocks Off contest. We'll update you on what's going on there and what you can win. It's an unbelievable day of partying downtown in the parade station square south side we usher you all over vip style and you are the bell of the ball i'll explain next it's the dve morning show randy bauman along with Fal porter who's now here thanks to triple a 
Speedy service. So good to see you, Val. They fixed your tire and got you here. Yeah, that sucked. Uh. That was a great way to start the morning. How long were you on the parkway for? Um, two about hours. two hours. Ugh. Yeah. You had How many Cheetos? points I think was the was... buck you hit? I didn't hit an animal. I have no oh. idea what I hit. No I just idea. assume if Val hit something, it was a male deer. Yes, and that she she already dressed it and, yeah. and you know she, butchered it. Yeah, for lunch she's already making it into jerky in her trunk. <laughs> right. We're gonna have adrenaline filled j- venison chili <laughs> for lunch. Uh, it is well. We're glad you're safe and everything's okay. Yes, I, I don't like you being on the side of the road. Yeah, so. that's most important, especially because I watched some documentary yesterday about news stringers in L.A. And this guy was filming a disabled vehicle on the side of the road, and somebody hit it, and it burst uh. into flames. I'm like, oh my god! Did you sit in your car? Or did yes. you? Ooh. Yeah, I don't know what else. What do you, what's the alternative? Hide well, in the weeds? You, yeah, yeah, you can stand up on like the bank or something. And then hope a mongoose doesn't if it was emerge, <laughs> take you down. Warm. I might have done that, but it was cold. It was damn cold. Mm-hmm. Well, St. Patty's Day is just around the corner. And um, <clears throat> we are giving you an opportunity to have the best damn St. Patty's Day of your life. It's, your, it's our Get Your Shamrocks Off contest. Here's the deal. All you got to do is submit a limerick. And you got a shot at winning a huge St. Paddy's Day prize pack, which includes riding in the parade in the DVE Schultz Ford parade truck with Sean Casey, the mayor. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. After the parade. Now, Bill and I will be in the truck as well. And Val may or may not. Maybe. Your game Some other decision. station people. Are you weather per- permitting? No. Val would totally come. <laughs> yeah, she just doesn't want to be peer pressured into um, drinking whiskey. Yeah, I'm afraid. You don't have to drink whiskey. I'm scared. I, I'm not drinking whiskey, Val. I swear. Okay. I need your help. You have to be there so All that right. I can turn them down. Because <laughs> if you're not there, I'm done. Safety in numbers. I'm cooked. <laughs> well, uh, so that's the first part of your day. All right. We have hotel accommodations for you for the weekend. So Friday night, you can stay downtown, get up, have a little kegs and eggs action, and then meet us at the parade route. Then you ride in the parade. Then you, go, you get a VIP at the Hard Rock Cafe, the band Core Beef and Curry playing throughout the afternoon. So the huge party that's going on in Station Square, uh, you'll have a seat and you'll get lunch and you have some more beers or whatever you like. And after that, you are whisked over to the Rex Theater and you'll be the guest MC for the Bastard Bearded Irishman show. So you'll go up on stage, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to rock? So you'll be in front of a, a, a crowd, a whole theater full of drunken revelers. That's not how you say it. And uh, you will be in charge. <laughs> now you get, as I said, two nights hotel stay downtown. Unlimited Uber for the weekend. Permani Brothers set up for you for late night grubbing. After you're done at the Rex, walk over to Permani's. Get you a cap and egg. This is amazing. Now, here's the, all you have to do to register for this is send us a limerick. Uh, now, uh, yesterday we had a lot of entries. A lot. But Yeah, a ton. People are having a hard time with the concept <laughs> of limerick. I don't know if everybody knows what a limerick is. One person sent us, bless your little Irish heart and every other Irish part. Okay, that's not a limerick. Mm, no, no, that's a blessing. There once was a man from Pittsburgh. He grew up on the north side. He nope. only drank red eye and wiggle, that is, until the day he died. Close. Good, good try. Nice. Close. It's, a, it's a little poem. Close. But a, lim- a limerick has a very specific... Is it meter? Is that what you call it? Yes. That? Yeah. 
There once was a man from Manesson who was always drunk when he was dressing. He forgot about his shoes and went out to drink booze and ended up at the station confessing. That's See, it. there it is. You got it. That's what it that that's a limerick. Someone else submitted, May the hinges of our friendship never grow rusty. That's not a limerick. No. That that's an Irish prayer or something. Now do they have to make sense or are we just no, okay well, with the I mean like, what? This is the city of Pittsburgh. Make it onto a list. With Patty's day, nope. with Sean Casey's help and WDV going out, even Bob Nutting would pay. Close. Mm. Not not close. Not really. Not really. No. Year no, after year, fine tune that one. Here's another one. Mm-hmm. All right, does this qualify? Put that one back. In year the lab. after year, I miss the Pittsburgh parade because I go home to visit for mom's half decent souffle. Oh no! Parade and souffle. Nothing. No, no, not even close. Don't yeah. even consider that for a second. Here we sit staring at me limb. It's hard like a rock once again. Hope nobody sees us or me bleep-eaten grin as we lay with each other committing the sin. Now, no. there once was Depends from DeBerg. One, two cups, and we're chasing a third. Their fans all got drunk, although the beer was skunk. And they remain the champs of the world. Almost. Yeah. Oh, so close. Pulled a hammy right before the finish line. (laughs) One person sent us like a 42-line sonnet. I guess sonnet's only a 14 or whatever. Uh, That that one we'll save for the sonnet contest we're going to do later this year. There once was a man from Upper St. Clair. He made it to the majors, although his speed was fair. He was thrown at it first from left field, which is rare. Mr. Casey lets Drake without a care. Oh, this is more of like it was only- a Sugar Hill Gang era rap. Yeah. <laughs> a rap roast of Casey. Yes. I came to party from the Mon Valley to be a part of this Irish pep rally with good whiskey and beer and lots of good cheer, but remember not to pee in the alley. Hey! hey! Not bad. And helpful. There yeah, once was all, a man it's, named it's, Nutting. It's his tiny payroll kept cutting. Down to the bone, and it all has shown his baseball is no longer a fun thing. I'll allow it. Ooh. I'll allow it. Yeah. He, the, it's a stretch. There once was a man from center. He wanted to be a mentor. He wasn't too bright. He wanted to fight. He settled to an inventor. I mean, it has to make a little sense. This yeah. makes absolutely none. Uh-uh. We look. We have to sit in a parade with you. If you have an insane <laughs> limerick like this, we don't. We're not going to want to hang out with you. No. In Pittsburgh, there's a mayor, Peduda, a forward-thinking man. He's sheriff. He supports legal grass, but don't drive on his ass, or he might lead you into a pothole. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's just bad. There once was a man from Verona. Okay. 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 Here we are. He was very good friends with Francona. Okay. 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 The end. No, oh. not good enough. You have to finish that the limerick. seriously the end? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do better. All you have to do is go to dv.com slash contest and submit your limerick. Check this out. 
It's 39 now at DBE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. I'm Val Porter. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is said to be willing to negotiate with the U.S. about giving up its nuclear weapons. That is according to South Korean officials in Pyongyang this week for a rare meeting with northern counterparts and Kim himself. A statement from the South said the North seems willing to denuclearize if its security could be guaranteed. The North has also reportedly pledged to stop nuclear testing during any such talks with the U.S. Yeah, I don't trust anything that that dude says. Yeah, probably a good idea. What happened where Trump said he talked to North Korea and he was actually talking to South Korea? Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Was that last night? He tweeted out about, like, talking with North Korea and then they asked, Sarah Huckabee, like, what? So what happened there? And, and they're like, oh, no, he actually, uh, he was talking to South Korea, not North Korea. <laughs> I've done that before with twins, haven't you? You think you're talking to the one and you're talking to the other? <laughs> you know, that's funny. He thought he was talking to uh, North Korea. He's talking to South Korea. That's racist. <laughs> uh, they look a lot alike. I've done it with twins before where I've just not said their name. And I just yeah. kind of waited for somebody else to do it, mm-hmm. for sure. But I don't think that's the same thing as talking. No, to not at all. South Korea and North Korea, if you're the leader of the free world, you should probably be able to delineate. I think uh, President Moon and Kim Jong-un look a lot different, although their names rhyme. Moon-un? You know, you could probably do a pretty good St. Patty's Day limerick with their names. <laughs> and register to win a whole day with and, and the, the morning in the parade with and Sean Casey and, and partying all day. Irish yeah. day. Yeah. And that's actually on St. Patrick's Day this year. Yeah, yeah, it is. Right on the 17th, which is good luck. Is it? <clears throat> we'll say it is. Mm. An Idaho woman accused of trying to open the door of an airliner in flight is in custody. Airline officials say the woman was seated in first class on a United Express flight from San Francisco to Boise, Idaho on Monday. Video posted online appears to show the woman being tied up by other passengers as she screamed about being God. The plane landed safely in Boise, and police took the woman in for a medical evaluation. Aviation experts say it's impossible to open a door in a pressurized cabin while a plane is flying, but that certainly would not make the experience any less terrifying for other people on board. I guess it's somewhat believable that she's God if she was in first class. Like, you couldn't say that in coach. How many haymakers would you throw at somebody going for the door mid-flight? Oh. Oh, as many as I could muster. <laughs> Sweet chin music. Over start pummeling. <laughs> To the point where you get tired, you're just doing those like those wrist things. Like somebody help! <laughs> just the slapping. I turn into Boss Rootin. Yeah, dang it, the dang it, the dang. My uncle always told me like if you ever know that you're going to be in a fight, like you know you can't talk your way out of it, always throw the first punch <laughs> and run. Thank you so much, uncle. And and that's what I did. I would just I would throw, but I, they would all be lefts. I would throw 98 lefts in a minute. Yuck, 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 just <laughs> rabbit punch somebody till their head came off. <laughs> you That's can't great. open the door on a plane. Great uncle advice there. Well, she didn't know that. It really is. It, no, Think no, about I, it. I, it's true. If you're not getting out of it, you might as well get the shot in. If everybody's an amateur that's fighting, usually the guy who throws the first punch, if you know how to throw a punch, you're going to win. Yeah, that's this little uh, advice for you kids today from Bill Crawford. We had a especially um, if you follow it up with seventy eight more punches. Rabbit punch. <laughs> we had a self defense class here last Friday. How'd that go? I learned a few things. What yeah. did you learn? I'm not telling. What do you think you're gonna use it on me? Was it <laughs> heel no. to the balls? Well, you can do that. Yeah. Was Sean you McDowell the, in the class? He was not. Did he, Mark Madden take a self defense class? No. Damn it. Not that one. I mean, maybe he shouldn't take one, but. 
I'd give anything to see Mark Madden trying to do a karate move. And I thought they would have hired him as the assailant. <laughs> I'm like, can't I just be Miss Piggy? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. She did too much of a wind-up, though. Karate you don't, you don't have that much time. <laughs> to a pressure point yes. in your neck? Yeah, right. I'll tell you the one thing. Did you get to punch anybody? Right here. No. Yeah. Like we slice like slow motion. Yeah. What, like stuff. the Vulcan grip? Like where? Going where your checking. glands are in your neck. Yeah. Okay. Like you just push up real hard there and check to make sure show if they no have mercy. a have a head cold yeah. or not. If their glands are swollen. Yeah. Get through it. You your your nose is throat guy. Yeah. I always I, I always err on the side of um mace is a Whoa. is a really good thing to have on you. Yeah. I used to carry that. And a whistle. <laughs> just because a loud noise just freezes anything I for was, just a second. I always thought if I get in a fight, I would just do the hockey move and pull their shirt up over their head and start kneeing her move. in the face. No? I, Not going to work? It's really hard to get it, you know, especially if it's a tube top or something. <laughs> Not much coverage. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, harder than you think to pull that shirt up, I think it's. Well, especially if they have a tie-down strap. Yeah, One time. You're not on skates. <laughs> One time I got into a bar fight, and this guy came charging <laughs> at me. a lot of fights in your I, life. Yeah, I've, 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 uh, I've, I've been in a few. And this guy charged me, and I ripped his shirt off, and he had a Mr. Bubbles t-shirt on underneath <laughs> it. And the fight stopped for a second because I had to just, you know, <laughs> like acknowledge. Dude. What? undershirt is that mr bubble you didn't think you were gonna get in a fight tonight did you (laughs) mr bubbles were you fighting mr clean and then he beat the snot out of me did he really (laughs) oh it's the worst yeah i shouldn't have teased him about that yeah did did he go when you were like on the ground they go glug 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 (laughs) down the drain dude no i'm gonna clean the floor with you or did he not do they only do that in movies was it mr bubble like the bubble bath yeah Mr. Bubble in the tub, it'll get you squeaky clean. That Mr. Bubble? Yes. <laughs> charges. Speaking of fights, charges are being filed in New York against four people after a wedding party brawl. Suffolk County police say dozens of people were involved in the fight, which broke out Saturday between a wedding party and some firefighters at East Wind Catering Hall in Wading River. It's not clear what exactly sparked it, but firefighters were at the same location. Bill's uncle was there. <laughs> for another ceremony. And the two sides just started swinging at each other. Authorities say many of the 50 people who were 50. involved were drunk and multiple charges are expected. The groom was punched three times. Many were swearing and hitting each other. Not surprising. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that marriage is not going to last. I don't know what the like ratio of fights at weddings per successful nuptials is. I would think it's low. I would yeah. think I would think remember the one big brawl out in the North Hills? Yes. Wasn't there one at Station Square too? Yep. Yeah. I would. L- I would like to Where know. Where the best man was like a cop or something. So there's some. There was some detail there. Yeah. There, yeah. There was a whole bunch. The one in the North Hills was uh, kind of fun though, because that one seemed to be like, that was like a Cecil B. DeMille movie. It was like yeah. Hundreds of actors involved. For some reason, I always imagine like a huge fight with fifty people. Always like the fight in Anchorman. <laughs> Where they just show up in a yeah. parking lot and somebody has a chainsaw, somebody has a whip, start railing. 
Back in 2011, a guy on Twitter attempted something he called the Me versus Nuggets Challenge, which involves fans of the Cavaliers attempting to eat at least one chicken nugget for each point the Denver Nuggets scored during Cavs-Nuggets games, which I would think you would do that if you're a Nuggets fan, not a Cavaliers fan. But anyway, over the weekend, Cavs fan Joe Quinn accepted the Me versus Nuggets Challenge, but... Unfortunately for Joe, the Cavs were not playing very good defense. The Nuggets scored 126 points. So that would be 126 Nuggets. That's a lot of Nuggets. He gave it a good shot, but he only was able to make 115. He was just 11 Nuggets short of victory if he's interested in making another attempt, though the Cavaliers play the Nuggets tomorrow night. You know, uh, Cleveland fans aren't the brightest. (laughs) But at least they're not eating horse poop. You know, that is a step up. So that's good. They did. Yeah, I know. Oh, you mean they've graduated from? Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. At least they're just eating regular nuggets instead of horse nuggets. Right. Do we need to get to our guest? No. Okay. We'll do one more. Um, do uh, Francis McDormand's, uh, McDormand's <laughs> best actress. McDormand. He's kind of said it like my mom would. Francis McDormand. I like that Francis <laughs> McDormand. <laughs> 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 Her Best Actress Oscar was almost stolen. Police say 47-year-old Terry Bryant allegedly took the statue off the, her table during the governor's ball after party <laughs> Sunday night. He actually posted a video of himself with it. He reportedly claimed to have won the Oscar for music production. Apparently, Wolfgang Puck's photographer saw him running out with it. He grabbed the Oscar out of his hands, but the suspect ran back into the party. Security spotted him again. He was arrested and booked on felony grand theft charges. Uh, Francis reportedly asked that he be let go, but authorities took him away anyway. And as you mentioned, Randy, ratings for the Academy Awards down 16% from last year, and this could be an all-time low. Wow. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I think it all all depends on the movies and the movie stars that are going to be at the Oscars. Like when there's no George Clooney, Brad Pitt, like Meryl, well, Meryl was there, but, you know, when the biggest stars in Hollywood aren't in the movies... I agree with you. You know? Yeah, no, I it's think all I about mean, they really should shorten it. That maybe that would give They, more they have off. to shorten it. Four hours. Uh, just an idea. Maybe instead of just granting the awards uh to the best movies, you make them go through a wipeout course. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Or you know how when the, you know how counts. there was like that that March Madness bracket of Republicans in the in the primary, yeah, and they had a pre debate for the debate. Yes, they should have a pre show for the show, and give all the technical awards out there. Yeah, like well, a play in show. They do like the science awards. Patrick Stewart hosted them like a week before. So why don't they just why not make out those there? long as hell? <laughs> Yeah. Nobody's watching. Are they even Those televising Those guys got that? nothing to do. I mean, they're not even televising it, are they? Now, speaking of science, our next guest, Val, is a, I don't know. What, Vince, are you a senior in high school? Yes. All right. Vince is a senior in high school at Shadyside Academy? Yeah. And he is going to be featured on the Science Channel coming up. And what's the name of the show you're going to be on? It's on, on Outrageous Acts of Science. Outrageous Science Acts of Channel. Science. And Vince one day might be on the Academy Awards getting one of those scientific awards, foul because Sorry. Vince has built a flipping tank. V- <laughs> Vince, first of all, uh, is it Lazarus or Lazarus? Lazarus. Vince Lazarus joining us right now, who is a, uh, he's a DVE listening high school kid who uh, they did a story on him on Channel 4, and it was pretty remarkable. 
I'm glad he likes us. He is a tank. First of all, how many? How old are you? I'm 18. I turned 18 in September. So how long have you been building stuff? Like you're, you're pretty mechanically inclined, and I know this isn't your first motorized creation. What else have you built? Yeah, I've always been kind of um, very hands-on working with um, building all sorts of different stuff. And I built a go-kart um, earlier in my high school career. And then after that was How fast could the it. go-kart go? Um, it could probably go 25, maybe 30 miles an hour. That's fast. Yeah, that's kind of fast when you're, you know, you're hanging on a go-kart. Okay, <laughs> then what did you do? Then after that was the tank. And that I spent, I think, 14 months on total. So the second thing you built was a tank? <laughs> The second big thing, yeah. All right. So for those who are, like, scratching their head right now, this is not – you didn't build, like, a humongous World War II tank. Well, it's World War II era, but it's a Pershing tank, right? Yeah, it's a 40% scale replica. Okay. so you, you can climb into it and drive it around and everything. All right. What the hell made you want to build a tank? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was looking for ideas for a project, and I saw some videos of other people who had built, like, 40 or 50% scale tanks like that. And I thought it was just so awesome. I should give it a try. Is there like a tank kit you can buy? Cause I know like a, you know, some, some people build their own log house, log homes and they get, you know, these huge kits or did you do it all from scratch? There really isn't any type of kit you can do for something like this. Um, me and other people who have done this, it's all completely from scratch. All right. So I mean, we need your powers for good. Can you figure out how to fill <laughs> potholes in town with that tank? Can you put, like, asphalt in the in the barrel and just <laughs> shoot them? Maybe, maybe that'll be my next thing to work on. So does the gun work on this tank? Yeah, it's a potato cannon. <laughs> nice. And it, it, it'll shoot a potato probably about 400 feet. Oh, my God. So you got to be a master welder, too, right? Yeah, well, welding was really what got me into all of this. My dad taught me how to weld when I was um, 16. Oh, God. That's what kind of got the ball rolling. Your dad is the best. I yeah. God, I wish I knew how to do stuff like this. All right, so this you're a 16-year-old kid welding. Do, do you have friends that come over and weld, or are you just like so far past what anybody else is able to do? You're basically like the Walter White of your high school now. <laughs> I don't really have any friends who are like into the um, – projects like this that i am but they all love to see it and um drive drive them around and stuff like that dude you gotta build another tank so you can have potato gun wars <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that'll probably be a project for someday in the future building <laughs> tank number two yeah taking taking everything i learned from this one to build a better one so the science uh, channel is coming to you for this outrageous acts of science show uh what did you already film it or is that coming up yeah, they came and filmed, well, they came and interviewed me over the summer, and it's gonna the show is gonna air um, tomorrow at eleven p.m. Now I'm betting people in your high school are giving you ideas for things to build going forward. Yeah, they, they all they all love um, seeing the projects I've come up with, and they all they all have their own ideas, and most of them are completely unrealistic, but it's still fun to hear. Like what? Oh, like submarines and stuff like that, dude. If you could build. Uh, uh, this is the perfect town for submarines. You got to buy a make a scale submarine. Mm -hmm. Think of the stuff. Yeah. That you, think of the antics you could pull <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, the visibility is great underwater here. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> well, you do some sort of night vision goggle thing or something. You're smart. You'll see through the chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah, the chocolate milk vision uh, thing. So well, now, what is next for you? What are you going to build next? Um, one project I just finished is what I call the four wheeled motorcycle. It's a a motorcycle with four wheels all in line. 
What's the advantage of that? There's there's no advantage. It's just that it looks cool, cool. And, and it's and no one's ever done it before. Is it harder to turn? Um, it is. It, 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 it has some issues driving, but it does it does drive, and you can drive it. All right, so it, it does draw a lot of attention. So where are you going to college? I don't I don't know yet. I'm still waiting to hear from everywhere, but I'm definitely going to go for mechanical engineering. Um, which doesn't surprise a lot of people. No, you you should. See, are, this- are schools recruiting you? You got to be like one of the top prospects. Um, well, they definitely enjoy seeing the projects I've built, and that definitely helps me out a lot because I actually have that hands-on experience. I'm surprised you're not being recruited right into the military-industrial complex. <laughs> yeah, and just skip the middleman and put you in there. You probably used to crush the science fair, like just. Like with those volcanoes and stuff. I mean, did you win a bunch of awards? And you know, my school never really did um, science fairs like that. Oh, so, really? Yeah. She just took it upon yourself to just start building things and figured I'm going to build a tank. Yeah, I've al- I've always just kind of been messing around in my free time with different things like that. And in the past few years is when I've really been getting into it. You know, in this day and age of heightened awareness and people freaking out over people doing weird things, has anybody sat you down and talked to you and been like, why do you want to build a tank? Um, not really in the way you're saying, no. All right. Every, <laughs> everyone, when, when, they, when they see it, they're, they're amazed at it. They all, they all want to know the story behind it, but not, not really like that. How, I saw a video of you riding in the tank. How fast can the tank go? Um, it's probably like um, six or seven miles an hour, so like a fast walk. Will you put the DVE logo on it? Can we make it? Can we ride it in the St. Patty's Day parade and make it the DVE tank just for the day? And then we can put Sean Casey in it. Will Sean Casey fit in that thing? You think? Um, he probably could. I mean, he gained He's a, a few guy. lbs since the, his playing days, but he could still probably. We could fit him in the potato gun tank. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, perfect Irish. Hey. That's Irish fair. Yeah, potatoes. Yeah, exactly. No famine. We're going to shoot potatoes at you. Wait, that's not actually potato famine meant all age potatoes. Uh, All right. Well, look, we'd love to have that in the parade. I don't know if that would work for you, but let's talk to your dad and get that figured out. All right. Good for you. Congrats. Tomorrow night at at 11 o'clock? Yeah. On the Science uh, Channel. Yeah. And you can also, if you want to see more of the tank, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is called Macro Machines. Man, your dad is uh, a smart guy. I wi- I swear I wish I-, I would have learned how to do any of this kind of stuff. It oh, seems yeah. like he, it's he, such a lost a big, art. He's a big he's very supportive of all this stuff I'm doing. He's supportive of your tank habit? <laughs> yeah. All right, good. All right, man. Well, keep making uh, cool stuff and continued success to you, Vince. Yeah, thanks so much right, for having get, me on. Sure thing, buddy. Get to school. All right. All right. Senior senior in high school making tanks. That's awesome. Did you see the video of it? Yeah. <laughs> it looks so cool. He's just like buzzing around in his backyard. I remember having machine operations in high school, and the kids used to go in the welding booth and just smoke J's. I was just going to say, the friend, the difference between his friends and the way he's brought up is he's building tanks with yeah. a potato gun attached to it. Like, if my friends would have saw that, they'd be like, dude, let's shotgun joints from the other side of the... Get in the tank, dude. We're all going to... Get in there, dude. We're going to shotgun you. It's amazing. Science. That kid's destined for great things. I really want to have that tank for the parade. How funny would it be to have Sean Casey with a little, like, Irish helmet... The problem is, logistically, I don't know, just have like shamrocks on it. It'd just be like bright green. 
It's too late to register. You have to register every vehicle. I don't have to do anything. Well, when you have a tank, I mean, oh, you right. can be pretty persuasive. Right. We're going full stripes on this one. We're just taking it over. <laughs> uh, Vince uh, La- uh, Lazarus, congrats to him. That's that's a great story. Mike Lang, we're going to wish him a belated 70th birthday coming up at 845. Billy Gardell hanging out with us in the nine hour. The Le'Veon Bell saga continues. Mike Pursuta has uh, that for you, plus a recap of last night's Penn OT win. Schultz getting the uh, game winner with the open net there. That's next one. Friends. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Uh, by the way, it should be noted that that Outrageous Acts of Science show is on at 10 p.m., not 11. The one that uh, our friend is on, Vince Lazarus. All right. Adjust your DVRs accordingly. He does a lot of good things good, but he's bad at television time. Hockey time. Sports is brought to you by Emporio, a meatball joint. Let's uh, talk Le'Veon Bell first. Okay. Football time. Penguins did beat Calgary 4-3 to in overtime. They played kind of slappy, but they won. Got the two points. Uh, Le'Veon Bell making some more noise with Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Uh, once again, uh, threatening to consider retiring if uh, he has to play under that franchise tag, which by 4 p.m. today it's looking pretty Likely that that will be the case. Uh, Bell telling ESPN.com, quote, we're not coming to a number we both agree on. And this, uh, despite Bell acknowledging that last year he turned down a contract, that uh, a five-year deal that would have paid him $42 million over the first three years and averaged $13.3 million over the life of the deal. The franchise tag this year is $14.5 million. Le'Veon, uh, it's not enough. Now, who's right, who's wrong, what should happen here? Um, Le'Veon Bell's a really good football player, and uh, he's right to consider himself special. Everything we've heard from Art Rooney and Kevin Colbert this offseason has seemingly been sincere when they've said, we want this guy to finish his career with the Steelers. And they clearly value him. If they offered him 13.3 last year, that is way over the top for a running back. Now, Le'Veon's argument is, I'm much more than a running back. I'm also a receiver. I should be paid like a two-position guy. Right. This is where I think it, it loses credibility. If, if you look at what he did last year, Bell, he did some phenomenal things. He was uh, second in the NFL in rushing last season with 1,291 yards. 321 carries led the league. He was second in yards from scrimmage, 1,900 and 46. So he's phenomenal production, but uh, who was third in yards from scrimmage last year? Kareem Hunt of the Kansas City Chiefs, 1,782, in the ballpark of what Bell did for the Steelers. Yep. Kareem Hunt was a third-round pick, 86th overall. He was a rookie. He wasn't making anywhere near $13.3 million a year. Now, Le'Veon Bell, I catch passes. I'm not just a running back. I'm a receiver. 85 receptions for 655 yards. That was 10th in the league, number of catches, any position. 10th. Pretty good, right? Alvin Kamara, rookie third-round pick from the New Orleans Saints. 81 catches for 826 yards, way more than Le'Veon Bell. Averaged 10.2 per reception, more than Bell's 7.7. Scored five receiving TDs, more than Bell's two. My point is, if you want a running back to be both, you can find a guy to do that, and NFL teams are starting to 
embrace that theory again. You know, mm-hmm. the Colts used to do it. There's guys that have done it before. But, Mike, you're paying for not having to go out there and, and be that gold miner. I mean, you that what you described as an exception, not a rule, those are those are really hard to find. Are they? That's two guys last year in the third round. There's 30 teams. I know, but it's this is kind of this is not something teams wanted to do previously for whatever reason. It used to be the backs ran and the receivers and tight ends caught and that was just the way. You know, you do the occasional check down to get out of a blitz or throw it to a flat receiver and see what he can do. Now these guys are running routes and they're going down the field. The game is changing that way. I think there's more guys that can do this. As well as Le'Veon Bell? No. No. But reasonably close, and then you get better elsewhere, so you don't need Le'Veon Bell to put on his cape every I don't, Sunday. I don't discount that, that you can find those guys and that maybe the the new class of running back has more adaptability and ability to do these kind of things. But, again, you what you're paying for is the sure thing of having it, of not having to go out there and hope that one lands perfectly in your lap. Unless the sure thing gets himself suspended again. Well, he did say he thought the, the Steelers thought he was too high. He was talking about his contract I think he meant demand. That. Yeah, figuratively. You know, probably the way this is going to play out is he's going to get tagged and he's going to play under the tag. And then he'll be a free agent next year and he'll go somewhere else. And somebody probably will give him what he wants. And that team probably won't be paying Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown what the Steelers are paying Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. But I think, you know. Slight lean to the Steelers here on who's at fault. Slight. Because Le'Veon Bell's very good. Or to uh, Bell is, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say. I misspoke there. Slight lean to the Steelers, and they have a better argument to me for wanting to do what they want to do as opposed to Bell wanting what he wants. But I, Bell is a very special player, but he is not unique. I think they acted in good faith last year, thought they had yeah. a deal done, and at the last second, Lev Bell... His pride crept up and screwed up what was a really good deal. They're not sitting here saying, F you, running backs make $8 million max, and that's what you're going to get. Because now look what he got. He gets franchise tagged gets with the risk. But, yeah, but now there's the risk that he might not get a long-term deal done here. And then what happens? Now you're in limbo again. He has extended yeah. the uncertainty of his financial future at, the, at risk of what is a small percentage of the overall contract that he wants. Sometimes you yeah, got to give in a little bit. they're not too far off. They're really not. Well, that's, For the long-term security, if I were him, i Mike, I'd, he thinks he's a, a world-class rapper. Why can't he just, you know, he's going to make millions from yeah, that, isn't he? Maybe he will. Or maybe if he's not playing football and he tries that stuff, everybody's going to say, wow, this really sucks. But he keeps making the point that this is about pride, and that's yeah, dumb. He's well, got to think business-like. Yeah. Um, so it's similar to the Kirk Cousins situation in Washington, and... You know, if he has another great year and he's healthy and he's not suspended and he hits the open market next year, he's probably going to make a boatload. You know, what, what would the signing bonus be for him? That's what I'm saying. You're going to see the same thing with OBJ. He wants $20 million a year. Guess what? You go to a team, if you're Le'Veon Bell, maybe less so with OBJ, but you go to a team that's not as set up for your strengths as the Steelers are, it's not going to be as much fun week to week. There are there's give and take. He's just not weighing everything. He's not going to get to nope. hang out with Juju anymore. Yeah, probably if he's playing for the Cleveland Browns, he's not putting these numbers up. I just think it's his approach to this has been short sighted for the last couple of years. 
to me, the Steelers have demonstrated that they want to keep him here, and and they're they're operating justly in terms of it's not smart business to backload a contract for a running back He's, who's already been in the league for five years. Yeah, and and the other thing, I haven't crunched all their numbers on on who's do a raise and who's got to get extended and all that stuff, but. Uh, clearly, if they made an offer last year that had a 13.3 average, which Bell said they did, that is a, a real strong attempt to keep the guy here. It's more than any other running back is making. By far. By far. So, we'll see where it goes. Let's uh, talk pens with uh, with Mike Lang when we come yeah, back. Yeah, let's do that. Hockey Hall of Famer, belated birthday boy Mike Lang when we return here on the DVE Morning Show Val. Yes, coming up on March 16th, Tomb Raider coming to theaters. The fate of humanity rests in her hands. Lucky for us, Laura Croft is a fighter. If she can solve the mystery and survive the death-defying journey, she will become a legend. Tomb Raider, see it in theaters March 16th. It is the DVE Morning Show. Joining us right now, Talking Penguins Hockey, Hockey Hall of Famer and uh, recent uh, birthday boy. The one and only Mike Lang, ladies and gentlemen. Gets a nice big round of applause. Thrilled to be with you today. Thrilled to be with you. Happy belated birthday, Mike. Yeah, I'll take that one. You know, this is a... uh, In increments of 10, you know, (laughs) this one's up there. So uh, I can remember my 30th birthday when I came here. Uh, I didn't think I'd survive three more years after that night. (laughs) <laughs> Steve Blass will do that to oh, you. Oh, my goodness gracious. That was one I never, ever forgot. And uh, So there's been some special ones, and uh, fortunately it was, uh, you know, at home and uh, uh, a lot of fun, and uh, and people were, were wonderful. And uh, in this world of social media, I'm kind of taken aback. I don't participate in it, but I know it works because the phone has not stopped lighting up uh and and well wishes. So to the, all the people that did send things and uh, and are part of it, uh, thanks so much. I appreciate it. It was a pretty special birthday. In all these years, uh, now I I have worked in this town about a third as long as you have, uh, or, or possibly less. But I know that there are times when I have to check myself to make sure that I am maintaining the right amount of passion for certain things that I do. Yep. Yeah, you have to. I mean, it's uh, you know, you know why you have that passion, Randy, Randy though. But you you can't help yourself, and I can't either. I think. Well, that yeah, yeah you, you, that's what I was going to ask you: is if do you ever feel it waning in any way? I, I don't because I just demand too much of myself, mm-hmm. uh, and, and wanting to present it, and and it's 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 fun for me, and and I think it's fun for you or anybody oh, that's yeah. uh, in in what we would call the entertainment business too. To, to to bring your best and 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 enjoy it and try and convey that uh, that excitement and everything that's going on to people uh, in a way that's uh, hopefully uh, you know that is acceptable by them and I, that's the approach that I've had for years and years and uh, you know I found the right place too I mean I'm in a great city and a great area where people respond and the loyalty here to to people that work here any number of years is uh, is second to none I mean I've never seen anything like it. Uh, around the country, and and uh, for that I'm very grateful, and uh, to, to everybody that's involved uh, in in following these teams and and the sports world and and everything really seriously. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been wonderful. I was talking about it with uh, friends of mine this weekend. We watching the game and acknowledged that it was your birthday, and um, uh, we just talked about how Pittsburgh is the perfect market 
for somebody like yourself because there is a a commensurate amount of reverence for for somebody like yourself with allowing you to have privacy and people aren't up you know uh, in your grill all the time if you see Mike Lang hey everybody feels like you're your friend it's not like you know some other New York announcers might have people breathing down their neck all the time just trying to you know to tick them off or something like that but they let you achieve what you want to here yeah, damn. That means we, uh, you know, I don't get many stalkers. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> you'd have them though. Uh, I like that though. They uh, did that when Tom Cruise filmed the movie here. People'd see him ice skate, and they're like, "Hey, there's Tom Cruise. Yeah. Hey, Tom." And then you know, that's it. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a special, there's a special bonding. There's a special way to handle uh, people, and I think for people on the other side from this area, the way they approach you, and uh, I think that's. Uh, yeah, it's something that works here, and it's it's been fairly easy for me. Yeah, we've had moments. I mean, people, you know, if you go someplace after a game and you've worked and put your whole day in and worked and you go someplace and you walk in and uh, you just want to have a quiet time, you know, just a little bit of a quiet time. But unfortunately at times, and Randy, you know this, and anybody in this business knows, uh, there are people that have been uh, eight, seven to eight uh, beers ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's always interesting because, first of all, first of all, the decibel level is much higher than what you want, <laughs> you know, at that yeah. point. We've all we've all faced that and been around it. But, you know, if you get one in you, it's a little easier to kind of talk to them. And, and, you, and, and you're able to kind of, you know, fight your way through it and work with them. And, and then all of a sudden you find yourself at ease. and and working with it. And that's an acquired trait, I think, for mm-hmm. people that uh, do it. But, but people in Pittsburgh make it really easy, and it's, uh, it's fun to be around them. And uh, they're passionate about their teams, and they're passionate about the games and, and other things, and, and, and that's what makes it all work for all of us, really, as human beings. Do you think that – or I, I shouldn't say do you think – if it, I was going to ask you, do you think it would be different, but I know it would. How would it be different for you, having worked here all these years – if there wasn't a Mario Lemieux and a Sidney Crosby? Boy, that's a really good question. And uh, let's throw in Yarmir Yager there. I was just looking. I, I just checked this morning. You know, the Penguins and, and, and Evgeny Malkin, who to me right now is out of this world. He's the best player in the league right now. Uh, but, you know, among those guys, they've won 15 scoring championships here. You know, and I've been a part of every one of them uh, to be able to see that. That's the highest ever in the NHL, I mean, of any team. That's been able to accomplish. I mean, just if you just put that in perspective, that's just so unbelievable in a league that's over 100 years old, had only six teams. Do you understand what I'm saying? That this mm-hmm. is like amazing, really. And 31 teams now, and threatening to get another one with uh, with Gino, you know, chasing the Kucherov of of Tampa. Mm-hmm. You, it's an amazing thing, the, the talent that's come through here. And I don't uh, hide anything. I mean, what what success that I've had is really basically predicated on what the players have done here. Uh, the team and, and and what's happened because it, it makes it better when you're winning and uh, the response is much more positive. So uh, I owe a lot to the to the players and everybody that's been through here, good and bad years, and uh, in, in being able to uh, kind of refine my trade and and work with it. But there's just so much that's been here, and we I I don't want to I don't want to beat a uh, beat a horse here and say you know don't take it for granted, but I am because it, it's something that's pretty special that you've had here for many, many years, and uh, don't lose sight of it. Don't forget what you've seen. And if you haven't seen the great ones play yet, go see Malkin and Crosby just to give yourself a chance to see these guys live. 
uh, you know, before they hang them up and, and, and put it away, and that's not going to be too far away. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we we all probably should just enjoy the moment. And uh, and the Cups, too. They've picked up five Cups. I mean, it's, it's tough to, to fight the success that they've had. Yeah. Uh, and you're surrounded with people who have that passion, too. I mean, you know, the old two-niner who cut his broadcasting teeth in the booth with you. You know, you would have been forgiven had you given him short shrift, but here you, you brought along a guy who has become not only just uh, you know a passionate play-by-play or, or a color analyst, uh, but he's an ambassador for the team in a lot of ways. Oh, he definitely is. He's a, he's a key, key guy in that whole cog that the Penguins have and their approach to people and uh, handling them. He's, he's a superb human being, and he is uh, always willing to help. Uh, and he has become an accomplished broadcaster. I'm telling you right now, I'm being very straight up front. He's, he's learned his, his trade, and he is really one of the best uh, going right now, and I'm proud of that. I, you know, I've had a number of guys that have come through, and even the great Edzo, who's going to work uh, tomorrow night, uh, by the way, coming back from his cancer treatments in Philadelphia uh, on the national broadcast. So well, that's, that's great that's good news. news. Yeah, it is. Uh, but those guys that I work with and, and everything, to see the success that they've had, and, uh, and and the way they uh, appreciate the, the working relationships that we've had, it really, that makes it kind of really worthwhile, too. And, uh, you know, I like seeing that. I, to a point, I like to see the old two-nighter jumping out of the booth when the goal <laughs> scored. But, <laughs> you know, Hold your tongue till I'm done. Oh, yeah. But yeah. He, was, uh, he was fist pumping and going pretty good. So uh, even the last two games, that's another thing. How many great games have we had oh, for boy. fans to go and see? I mean, really. Yeah. Oh, awesome this year. Awesome. What do you uh, what, now? We've had a little bit of a sample size to judge the Broussard acquisition. Uh, th- th- this is important for a lot of reasons. You know, Jim Rutherford was really hell bent on getting him, and flexibility played a big role in that because you know he's able to play some special teams. But you know, there's some attrition here. You know, one of these guys could be out a couple of games, and he can move up and down the line. Well, you're you're reading it because uh, you know depth is an important part, and particularly the playoffs. I mean, you're thinking now playoffs uh, and you do really from the start of the year and how you build your team and what it would take to win a seven game series um, and Broussard would would fit into that uh, quite quite nicely to, to be honest with you because you don't know what's going to happen um, and the other thing is that uh, you know Mike Sullivan knows a little bit about Broussard and Broussard's playing center now but he know you know if you look at the the track record of Mike and uh, he's been tremendous here as a coach He's not afraid to move people around, and I don't think you know. I think there'll be a time when he 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 plants him on a wing, possibly, and he does some different things. Uh, and and that's where you're going to get the the real value, I think, out of Derek Broussard and and what he can do. And he's going to gain his confidence. He's got to learn a whole new system, and it's an a it's an extensive system that he's worked with uh, with working under Mike. And it takes players, I would say, let's be honestly, uh, about a month to kind of get comfortable in what what they do i mean that's pretty demanding and uh it and that time goes and that'll be right around playoff time so it it should be good but uh you know they're they're going to have their hands full because it's a tough thing to do just to get into the playoffs and then to, to make your way through the four rounds to, to win a cup and uh they'll be challenged i mean it's uh, this league is so close now and so equal and i watch the western conference teams come in here I'm telling you, they're all great teams. They are good teams. That team last night, Calgary, may not get in the playoffs, but they're they are really a good hockey club. And yeah. so there's so many good teams 
that'll be putting their their best out to try and win a cup. Off to uh, face the Flyers Wednesday night, a possible preview of a postseason matchup. Mike Lang, you can hear him on our brother station, 105.9 The X, the home of the Pittsburgh Penguins on the radio alongside the old 2-9er, the newly shorn the uh, the beardless Phil Bork. Yeah, it's coming back. It's yeah. strong. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness! It doesn't take long for a guy like him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean seriously. Yeah, he's uh, he's a quick uh, quick grower. He puts some alfalfa seed and stuff on it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's unfair. He, I don't know if he could catch Max Talbot though. That'd be a good race. Wow. Starting yeah. from scratch to see who could get the beard full the first. Talbot could he could grow a quick one too. Oh, Mikey, and to, a, a continued uh, belated happy birthday yeah. uh, celebration to you, and we'll talk to you soon. Always okay. A until Val, when Vince gets his next tank done, that she could get once you come to work, she won't have to worry about flat tires. There you go. <laughs> and I've had four of them since August. I had two of my whole life, uh, and I had a heroin experience in the, in the winter coming after a game here uh, about a month ago coming out of here so i know what val went through oh. god bless you you got there but maybe the tank is the answer for us yeah val. i think so we get yeah, the we're, kid to build tanks for us <laughs> the only way to combat all these potholes i know thanks guys for having me what man. a pro let you how about him we're gonna do callbacks from the last hour see mike's listening he's not That's messing right. around he's, not oh, well, he's I, the greatest i do my best you're the best i'll talk to you soon mike Take all care. right see you guys Thank hockey you. hall of famer mike lang with us this morning on the dv morning show when we come back billy guard now wow Somebody sneezed up a pancreas out in the hallway. <laughs> Who is it? It's Bryce. I don't think I think you should go to the hospital. Oh my goodness! It's 36 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Sport Clips. Bless you. You okay? Hey, I, I think it's got, contagious. Got to me. <laughs> oh my god. The strange day of former Donald Trump aide Sam Nunberg got stranger as Monday progressed. He made the rounds on cable news channels. Uh, I'm going to have sound here, Randy. Sorry, I didn't tell you. Uh, This is kind of the greatest. Hold on, hold on. I've uh, got windows open. you got windows open. Stuff is happening right, over there. Let's try it again. Good to go? Yeah. Here he is with Gloria Borger. It is really surprising news here that you um, are not going to comply with a subpoena from the special counsel. Can you tell us why? Because it was absolutely ridiculous and odorous. What they requested for me, I was trying to do for the last two days. And what they requested was they wanted every communication that I had with Roger Stone and Steve Bannon, who I talk to frequently. They asked for communications with Carter Page. Are you giving me a break? You think I would ever talk to that moron? He was on with Jake Tapper as well. I am not a fan of Donald Trump. He treated me like crap. Right. Okay. He treated Roger like crap. We should. I should not have been fired. Roger should not have been treated the way he did. And Trump decided that he loved Corey more than us. That's fine. Okay. It's all business. But the idea that I, that I was colluding with the Russians, that Roger was colluding with the Russians to help Trump, all we were doing was trying to get Corey fired. This is like <laughs> a, an episode of The Real Housewives. Yeah. Uh, well, that's He's this entire administration rails. is a reality show. I mean, they if they leave, they go on reality <laughs> shows. And he, Sam Nunberg is on one of the biggest coke binges uh, I've ever seen. 
<laughs> Dude was like drunk on CNN. Billy Gardell joining us right now uh, across the country in Los Angeles, California. Billy. Billy. Kaj family. Hello. Kaj. Good morning. Did uh, did Sam Nunberg end up uh, filming an episode of uh, uh, Young Sheldon? Young or? Sheldon with you or what? <laughs> 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 what do you mean? You didn't see that clown yesterday, Sam? Nunberg? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, uh, uh, I saw his interviews on CNN. If you, if you'd have put a wick in his mouth, I think he'd have burned for a week. Yeah, he was lit. He man. looked pretty sauced up, didn't he? Well, He's he lit. he. Uh, I guess Aaron Burnett asked him, like, "I can smell liquor on your breath." He's like, "No, I haven't been drinking. I'm just taking antidepressants." <laughs> yeah, and, and by antidepressants, I mean 100 proof. <laughs> Here's when, more. You go, when you go on the national news and go, I subpoena, <laughs> I ain't paying attention to no subpoena, you've had a few pops. Here's more from his appearance uh, on Jake Tapper's show. You didn't have to go back down to a grand jury. I spent, I'm spending a lot of money on legal fees. A lot of other people are. And granted... Donald Trump caused this because he's an idiot, because <laughs> he decided to give an interview to Lester Holt the day after he fired James Comey, and then he decided to have the Russians in the Oval Office. You have to explain that one to me, because I'll never understand it. But You're not, I'm not going to be able to explain that to you, Sam. Okay. You know what? I'm going to send you, I'm, I'm going to be the first one in history to flat out say, I'm not going. You're not going. I'm not going to the grand jury. He has backpedaled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that he has. Because his lawyer called him. Hey, you're a stupid subpoena. Shut up. I'm not doing that. It's like when you, you know. It's not like people inviting you out on a, on a dinner date. When your friend's bitching because his wife is making him do something he doesn't want to do and he's got the beer muscles. He's like, I'm not going. I ain't going to the mall. I ain't mall. doing that. No way. This is like this is like this is like the uh the uh the wealthy version of cops. That's how this is going. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Apparently uh, I think He's resisting on... arrest from afar. <laughs> I don't know whether it was on Fox or MSNBC he called Sarah Huckabee Sanders a slob. A fat slob. You call yeah. her a fat slob. That's a, that's out of bounds. He, he, I don't like her, what are you but you doing? don't need to do that, you know? No, this there's plenty of stuff to pick on her for. Off the yeah. rails. You pick on her stupidity and her denial. You don't yeah. need to take a shot at her. She, she's she lies all every time she opens her mouth. But yeah. uh, this guy, Nunberg, t- total joke. And he, he <laughs> apparently has figured out that his boss, who he will literally go take a bullet for, Roger Stone, Roger Stone's going to jail. It, it just really seems like he sees the writing on the wall here, and he's like, oh, God, Roger Stone's going to jail. And he's trying to protect him. Like, it's a scene from No Way Out where Gene Hackman's congressional aide w- w- kills himself rather than having to indict his boss. I don't know, man. It, it, it's so weird. I, I, every time you think one of these guys who's done something c- completely wrong, <laughs> it, it, nothing happens. And that's what worries me. That's what really worries me. Yeah. There are no checks in place. So I hope I hope that if they've done something wrong, and this guy certainly seems to be up to his neck in it, that 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 he gets punished for it. But I, it just doesn't seem to happen, man. I don't know. Well, five people well, I'm losing have, faith. <laughs> five people have been indicted, and four have pled guilty. Is that where we're well, at right now? The one thing about that is nobody's cutting deals unless you've given something up. 
You know what I mean? Yep. Like a lot of them have gotten lighter sentences than they should have or been charged with less than they would have. And the only way you do that is if you're given to get. So I'm I'm very patiently waiting to see how this all unfolds. I'm not very patient, but I am waiting. You have to be patient, my friend. Now, Bill's patient. I'm not. Bill is very... Bowie. Are you yeah. patient, Bowie? Just letting it all play out, Bill. I'm just Let it play it, out. Just Let letting that play it all out. play out. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. It's just it's fascinating to me. I don't know, man. It's scary and crazy. St. Clair Hospital has been named one of the nation's best for the third time in seven years. IBM Watson Health just released its 100 top hospitals in the U.S., study that decides the list uses objective data, peer-reviewed methodology, and key performance metrics as factors in their decision. Uh, remember that guy who was taking pictures of the nude model out in Monroeville? Yes. Yes. No, what happened? Well, uh, the photographer, first off, the photographer and his nude model are charged with disorderly conduct after that risque photo shoot at the Miracle Mile Shopping Center last <laughs> April. Uh, he. She That's answered, how you. Two reasons you. Know, two red flags. One, he's looking for models on Craigslist. Yes. Two, he's shooting at the Miracle Mall. Yeah, she <laughs> answered an ad on Craigslist. Meet me outside, Babies R Us. Was <laughs> <laughs> reportedly walking around. You got a fur coat. <laughs> Walking around completely naked, except she was wearing, like, thigh-high stockings and heels or something. Uh, somebody... In public, outside at the Miracle Mile Shopping Center. You can't center. be naked across the street from Willie's. So, somebody <laughs> drove past and Snapchatted it. And uh, he's, like, he has a walker. <laughs> the yeah, photographer. He's, a, he's an older guy. Yeah, he's got a walker. He's, like, leaning on his walker. He's, like, taking pictures and he's wobbling. And she's just sitting there naked in front of the DMV. Well, the photographer. Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a photographer, sure. Stand over there. The photographer is 64-year-old Michael Warnock. 22-year-old Chelsea Guerra is the photographer. Didn't we have her on the show? Yes, yeah, we, we did. We yeah. Her is the model, I'm sorry. Yeah, we did. Um, they were fined $300 after pleading guilty on misdemeanor charges of disorderly conduct, according to the Tribune Review. Other charges were dropped. Gara says, uh, like I said, she found the ad on Craigslist, and apparently she had done nude modeling before that. Yeah. In Bakery Square? Or, like, does she only do it in uh, strip malls? Perhaps you've seen some of our other photo shoots at the Boston Market. <laughs> Meet me in the waterfront outside of the Baby Gap. We're going to do a summer shoot down by the Mon. <laughs> right behind Red Robin at the waterfront. <laughs> I just have to figure out how to get down there. Uh, the old pervert. <laughs> the art fan pulls up. He comes out. Uh. A critically endangered Sumatran tiger is dead after Indonesian villagers killed it, thinking it was a mytholo mythological shape shifter. shifter. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. A critically endangered Sumatran tiger is dead after Indonesian villagers killed it, thinking it was a shape shifter. Oh, wow. Wow. The tiger, later laid out on a wooden plank for display, had reportedly mauled a couple of residents who followed it into its den. The local authorities wouldn't go after the creature, so villagers cornered the tiger and killed it with a spear. It happened on March 4th. 
the day after United Nations World Wildlife Day this year that had a focus on protecting big cats. There are around only 400 Sumatran tigers left. Investigators say some of the organs had been removed, possibly for sale as traditional medicine. And they thought it was a shapeshifter. They just saw that life life of pie. That's what they they just saw. They say not. I could have sworn that was a crow. (laughs) A woman who gave birth. Now they just see some guy that they thought it was, like walking down the street eating an apple. They're like, is that Lenny? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I went back to the old guy voice there, but yeah, the old guy voice is fun to do. I want to take pictures of the naked shapeshifter. <laughs> a woman who gave birth to a son last year found she was producing more breast milk than her son could drink, so she started selling it to bodybuilders. I'll, I'll buy some. Oh, oh, bodybuilders! Come on, come on, man! That's, that's, that's muscle milk. That's muscle milk. An extra set of wraps, will you please? Poking around online, Rafaela Lamprou found that some bodybuilders felt that drinking human breast milk gave them a competitive aid, uh, edge, so she started providing it to them and making big money. So far, she says she sold over 130 gallons and earned more than $6,000. Wow. Is that legal? you okay to do that? Is that all right? Well, I know they have breast milk banks, like for babies, you know, for the mothers who don't produce enough milk. Yeah. But I, I don't know about selling it to bodybuilders. So she's bottling this and selling it. She's not, like, feeding these guys from the top. Yeah, I don't think so. You know, I think you can talk. Guys that are, like, you know, gym rats that are nuts, obsessed like that, I think you can talk them into anything. Yeah. I, I literally uh, say, bub, you want to get even bigger? <laughs> Eat this chunk of coal. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they'll bite on it. No, I really you're right. Bill yeah. and Billy. Yes. Have you guys had the talk with your kids? Bill Crawford, your kids might be no. a little young, but no. uh, uh, we uh, we have that on the radar. We've we've started opening discussions, and uh, we've also had uh, some some talks about uh, self care. That's where we're at. Well, it can be uncomfortable for parents and kids. So, a couple in the UK recently posted on a website for childcare professionals. Looking to hire someone else to explain the birds and the bees bees to their kids so they don't have to. They're offering just under $3,500 for the job. They want a licensed child care professional to do it. They want their stand-ins to talk about a range of topics including sex, gay sex, STDs, condoms, consent, male and female anatomy, periods and pregnancy, as well as transgender and non-binary gender identities. Is there they, different packages you can get? Like, is it is this like school pictures? Where, like, you can uncheck some boxes? Kings. They have two kids, a seven-year-old son and an eight-year-old daughter. My mom gave me books. It was like a, like a four-book series. She's like, this is, in case you have any questions. And I'm like, oh. I mean, that's that's about as personal as we were going to get on that yeah. topic. Mm-hmm. I watched the after-school special, My Mom's Having a Baby. Well, I just told her we had HBO. I didn't need to look at the books. <laughs> <laughs> you got to step up, man. You can't have two. So you think it's awkward for a parent to do. You're just going to have, hi, this is Klaus and Frida. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'll be back in an hour. You can't. You got to step up and talk to your kids, man. I don't know what I'm going to say. I mean, in this current climate, I'm going to be like, ah, oh, Birds and the bees. Okay. Uh, sometimes I don't know. Bees just gonna pull his stinger out and make you 
Watch him pollinate a plant. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, I, I believe in education, man. I believe in, in knowledge and facts and acknowledging that it's a weird – this is going to be the weirdest conversation we have, but it, it's about knowledge and facts, man. You have to know these things. You have to be armed with education so that emotion and urge don't cause you to put yourself in a strange situation or a situation you are not ready to handle. I think it would bring you closer to your kids if you do it, you know, especially if they, if they recognize the awkwardness on your end. If they're like, You're, oh, look at mom and dad being vulnerable. Okay. You are 100% right, Randy. Anytime I've had to have a tough talk with Will, I go, look, man, this is weird. We're not, you know, this isn't something we're going to talk about every day, but we have to confront this together. We have to be okay to talk to each other about this stuff. See, I don't know. because, because And I always tell them, too, I said, you know, secrets keep you sick. That's where shame lies. And when shame lies there, you'll do anything to, to, to not face things, to not overcome things, to not experience things. So you have to be able to look things with, with it. You have to be able to put a flashlight on things, even the weird, hard things, especially those things. And I think it's different with every child. Like Kennedy, whenever I say to her, like, oh, you got your eye on any boys at school? She'll be like, Dad! Shut up! Stop! <laughs> but, like, if I ask my other daughter, Emmy, she's like, yeah, I got a couple. Like, I got I got this one boy I like, and then I got a backup. I'm like, you got side pieces? What's going on here? Backup. <laughs> She's like, yeah, one of them carries my book. <laughs> right. The other one pushes me on the swing. Yeah, exactly. You know, I work them in shifts. Yeah. <clears throat> They're all so dumb, huh, Dad? Yeah, honey. So you stupid. You want some ice cream? <laughs> They're dumb, but don't trust them. My, don't uh, underestimate them. My uh, my sister had the same dynamic with her girls, her first two girls when they were coming up, and she would the second one was like, "Yeah, I have like eight boyfriends." She would always just look at me and be, she would go state school. <laughs> she's, gonna, she's, she's going to something, something state community right, college right, right for this the, one, yeah, right down the road. <laughs> Finally, she's a Pennsylvania to a judge. School. A Pennsylvania judge has refused to dismiss the sexual assault case against Bill Cosby. His attorneys were in a Pennsylvania courtroom yesterday asking the judge to toss that case. They argued that telephone records and other evidence show Cosby's alleged assault on a former Temple University women's basketball administrator in 2004 could not have happened when prosecutors say it did. As lawyers say, the evidence they have found shows he wasn't even in Pennsylvania at the time. They also claim the charge falls outside the statute of limitations. Cosby has pleaded not guilty to the charges. Accuser Andrea Constan testified at his first trial last year that he drugged and molested her at his suburban Philly home. That trial ended in a hung jury. Rain and snow, mid-40s for the high today. It's 36 at DVE. More with Billy Gardell coming up here live on the DVE Morning Show. Mike Pursuta has sports when we return and uh, more on how you can join us for the St. Paddy's Day Parade. Ride in the float with Sean Casey, MC, the Bastard Bearded Irishman Show, VIP Hard Rock uh, Settings. Uh, uh, for the uh, corned beef and curry show during the afternoon. Two Un- night hotel. Two night hotel. Unlimited Uber. Permanis for late night. The best possible St. Patty's Day weekend you could ever wish for. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's going on? Sports is all brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The Penguins seemingly have this overtime. <laughs> this overtime thing figured out. Last night's. 4-3 OT triumph over Calgary, made it two in a row in extra sessions and improved the Penguins' overtime record this season to 
and four. Mike Sullivan thinks there's a reason for that. He's got a roster that is set up to excel in three-on-three gimmetry. Well, I think it, with the skill level that we have, we should have the ability to, um, I think, win more than we lose. I think sometimes um, and the coaching staff gets a little nervous because we tend to turn into a all-offense type game, and you know, there's not a whole lot of structure that you can offer when there's only three guys in the ice. So it's it really turns into a lot of instinctive play. We we've talked about certain strategies to try to. Um, try that, that we think can help us be effective three on three, but for the most part, it's it's really just about great players making great plays. And when our guys have the puck, I think they're dynamic. And we're last night, Malkin to Kessel to mm-hmm. Schultz for the winner. It was a real nice give and go. Penguins improved to nineteen seven and one since January the second, and they are. Those four and fours still have like some weird gym class kind of vibe to them. Three on three. Three on three, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Three, three. three I would prefer three. decide what is a reasonable amount of overtime and then go to a shootout after that. I'm not I'm not into the three and four overtime games either because I think they just become ridiculous. Um, but this stuff goes away in the playoffs is three on three. So the Penguins going to have to uh, mm-hmm. do a little better job, a little more consistently. <laughs> During the five-on-five stuff, because that's what they're going to have to be really good out soon enough. But uh, for now, they are one point behind the Caps. Uh, Washington's got 80 point, 81 points to lead the Metropolitan Division. Pittsburgh with 80. Philadelphia with 79. And the Devils with 74. The Pens are at the Flyers on Wednesday night. Le'Veon Bell telling uh, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler yesterday that... Uh, uh, this is a mess. This <laughs> is a mess. He'd still uh, he's still willing to consider not playing at all as opposed to playing on the franchise tag that Bell anticipates receiving by today's 4 p.m. deadline. Uh, said Bell, quote, we're not coming to a number we both agree on. They are too low, or I guess they feel I'm too high. If they think Le'Veon Bell's too high, it wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, he's been too high a couple times. <laughs> Bell playing hardball with the media, but uh, trying to woo and influence the hearts and minds of Steeler Nation on Twitter. He tweeted yesterday, Pittsburgh, the city that took in a 21-year-old kid from small-town Ohio, the city I battled through adversity in, the city that I became a man in. I love everything about being a Pittsburgh Steeler, and I want nothing more than to finish the rest of my career in Pitt. Apparently he wants $15 million a year yeah. more than he wants. He wants to. a little bit more finish his career in Pitt, but uh, smart money's on this plane out the way it did a year ago. Bell getting the franchise tag and Bell skipping training camp and then Bell showing up. And then the Steelers uh, doing what they can in the regular season with Le'Veon Bell, a major focal point of the offense. It's a bad look at best for Le'Veon Bell, and it's probably not wise. It's not a great look for the Steelers either in that they are trying to move away from drama, and this will be a constant source of it. Uh, I don't know what they could do about it. I mean, like I well, said. Well, they could cut him loose. Uh. Or they could tag him and trade him. I'm not saying they should. I'm just Who's going to take somebody on, on a on a one-year tag, no future, and have a $14.5 million hit somebody that thinks, for one year? Somebody that thinks they're running back away from winning the Super Bowl? Hello? 
<laughs> not saying they should do that. I'm just saying there are, there are options. Billy, can you not hear us? I can. Oh, you got me? Yeah, when you said hello, I thought maybe you dropped out there. No, no, I was just making a point. Oh. That, that's ridiculous. I thought you were like, is anybody listening to me? Hello? No, I'd be like, no, I'd say, can you hear me? All right, that's better. West Virginia checks in at number 18 in the latest AP college basketball top 25. The Mountaineers will be in action in the Big 12 tournament at 9 p.m. Thursday against Baylor. Pitt takes on Notre Dame today in the ACC tournament. It's uh, approximate 2 o'clock tip-off. Uh, the Panthers just lost to the Fighting Irish on February the 28th. Uh, that completed their 0-18 ACC regular season. Duquesne's got Richmond Thursday in the Atlantic 10 tournament. John Gassaway of ESPN.com has gone through the entirety of college basketball, and he's come up with eight teams that he thinks have a chance to win the national championship. Those eight teams are Arizona, Duke, Gonzaga, Michigan State, North Carolina, Purdue, Villanova, and Virginia. Pirates uh, were 7-5 to five losers to the Braves yesterday in spring training action. Uh, Chad Cool got to start. Oh, the box. He gave up three runs, all of them earned, and five hits in two and a third innings. Cool walked two and struck out three. Trevor Williams had uh, a rocky outing in relief. Three innings pitched, four hits, three runs. All of those earned one walk and two strikeouts. Home runs for the Pirates from... Starling Marte is first, Sean Rodriguez is third, Max Moroff is first, and Jordan Luplo his first. Pirates are off today. They'll be back in spring training action on Wednesday against the Blue Jays in Dunedin, Florida. Tyler Glass now expected to get the start for the box. Thanks, Mike. I can't even give a good box right now. It's so sad. More with Billy Gardell when we come back. Get your limerick together. You could have one hell of a St. Paddy's Day. Check it out. It's the DVE Morning Show. Billy Gardell joining us right now, live from Los Angeles, California. Gosh. What'd you think of the Oscars with your uh, the elite Hollywood snobbery festival oh, that was going on out there? Oh, yes, the, the, us horrible people out here yeah, in California. Yeah, yeah Bill, you're, um, an elite, you're an elite Hollywood snob. Oh, you live. Is that what I am? Is that how I come off? That's what That's I don't understand is so many people like you out there who busted their ass to be there. I mean, there are <laughs> some people who are, you know, born into that weird world out there, but you know, there's a lot of dudes like you. Uh, me and O'Connell drove 2,000 miles in an LTD, and I made it to stardom, so I don't buy any of that. Yeah. Um, I did... I was. I thought the Oscars were very good. I think Jimmy Kimmel's a very great host. I think he's been probably one of the best since Billy Crystal. Um, I, agree. I really loved that The Shape of Water won Best Picture. Me and Patty had an argument about that. I thought it uh, deserved it. She was weirded uh, out by it, right? If I she remember, she was weirded out by the her the fish and her. But I kept telling her, you know, it was uh, symbolism. Here's the know? thing: people symbolism. people are She's forgetting. Like, no. I was like, all right, okay, all right. Dude, that, you know, it wasn't a lady having sex with a fish. It was a fish lady who had not yet realized she was a, those were gills on her neck. She was a fish, yeah. too. Hey, spoiler and, uh, alert. And, <laughs> well, it was symbolism, too, you know. Spoiler the, alert. Sorry, I, I just ruined the movie, a, but still. What was the symbolism of her? He painted a very good picture. Patty thought uh, either Get Out or Three Billboards should have won Best Picture. I don't like the... I, I, three billboards just had kind of a messed up message to it. Now I thought there was a lot of bad. The flashback scene 
in Three Billboards like, is terrible. I didn't terrible. like the ending of Three Billboards. Really? I oh, I loved ending. it. See, I didn't like the ending. I loved it. I didn't think there was enough billboards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted at least four or five. But I did like Francis McDormont. Um, I definitely think that Oldman should have won for uh, Darkest Hour oh. because he's just unbelievable. Randy's oh boy. Um, with you. Uh, I mean, he was really great as Churchill. I mean, you, you couldn't, you didn't even know that was him in there. I thought that was impressive. And uh, yeah, I didn't have any big ones where I was like, that shouldn't have won. I didn't feel that way at all this year. Uh yeah, old men I was kind of down on, but you why, why I wanted you say that? uh well because I thought the makeup and an English accent get you an Oscar now I don't know no I don't think that's true man also His I thought that movie stunk great yeah the movie was tough because it was all fact driven it wasn't like an epic story but but I just think he was great man that scene when he goes down which really happened when he went down into the the subway. That that really happened. I thought that scene was like that, that's as good acting as you're ever going to see. I mean, he really was amazing to me. That really see? happened. He really did go on the see? subway. That was a true story. Yeah, uh, I I called that out as being BS. I was like, "There's no way he did that." No, that was real. Well, there's no way he listened to a black answer. guy on the subway. I can tell you that much. That part <laughs> that part didn't happen. Why not? I. I don't know that England has the same hang-ups as we do, my friend. Eric Clapton disagrees. <laughs> what did Clapton say? <laughs> Haven't you seen the Clapton documentary yet? No. He, oh, dude, yeah. They had their own little moment of... He embraced fascism for a while when he was kind of buried in the bottle for a long time. But it was it was uh, a very brief period. Yeah, he'd get drunk on stage and be like, we need more white people in Britain. <laughs> you know? Meanwhile, he was like... You know, revering all great African American artists, every blues yeah. cover in the world. Well, I think that's just how <laughs> drunk he was. That's how messed up he was back then. He was not really thinking clearly, I don't think. But back to the Oscars, uh, lowest audience they've had in a long time, possibly th- a record. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I do think there's. I think a- it's the main reason is it takes so long. Val will agree a hundred percent. It takes so long. It's on a Sunday, so it's the night before work, and I think that has a lot to do with it. It wasn't over. And then there's, of minute. course, a bunch of people who you know hate hate Hollywood. So you know. Well, there's that. But I, they should I let stars more the speak more. I think it's more about the time. What's that? They should let stars speak more. They should have. They should do what the Grammys did and whittle it down and have give out a lot of awards the night before, a lot of the more technical awards, and let those people speak to their uh, colleagues. And, yes, because that's the only like that's the pe- that's the only people that really care about the technical awards are other people in the field. The viewing public for the purpose of a show. But you should have yeah. all right all the acting, the best picture, best director, soundtrack, best song, screenplay, screenplay adapted screenplay. What else do you yeah. need? Yeah, I know. That's like it. uh it's yeah, wardrobe is you know, and I, I cinematography. I go with cinematography. Wardrobe's tough and sound editing and short film and all that Ian, stuff. Ian uh, animated kind of shorts and all that, man. It's like mm-hmm. come on, man. Yeah, it's not a great show. So what do you got coming up there, Billy? 
Uh, I am going to be doing a episode of uh, Young Sheldon next week, which I'm looking forward to. How cool is that? And then I'm going back out on the road at the end of the month, and I'm actually performing in Baltimore. I'm a little nervous about that. <laughs> Are you afraid uh, the Steelers-Ravens dynamic is going to come into play? Well, I've been on the NFL spiting their city about three times, so <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I may be just talking to the wait staff. <laughs> yeah. I think if you come out waving the towel, that'll uh, let everybody know that it's a friendly thing. You show up in a Lambert jersey. <laughs> Hope I make it through the week. Tomorrow on the show, Jeff Conkle joins us in the 6 a.m. hour, as he always does, Mr. Wednesday. Uh, Kevin Stevens, Penguin Great, will be on at 745. Hey. Also, we got Phil Bork at 845. Double M Mark Madden will be on the show as well tomorrow. Get your Shamrocks off. Our St. Patrick's Day contest. Get your limerick in now. If we pick your limerick, by the way, study up on what a limerick is, because a lot of you are just sending in like you know rhymes and meters that don't match up. Uh, send in a limerick. If we pick yours, you get to ride in the parade in the DVE Schultz Ford Parade truck with Sean Flippin' Casey, the mayor. Uh, also, me and Bill will be there, and possibly Val. I don't know. Mikey, you taking a knee on that one? Uh, and uh, you also get tickets to the Bastard Bearded Irishman. All right, at the Rex Theater, and you'll be their guest MC for the night. You'll bring them on. You get uh, lunch and uh, VIP accommodations there at the Hard Rock. Corned beef and curry will be playing throughout the afternoon, so you keep the Irish music going. And then you got unlimited permanies. You got unlimited Uber for the weekend and two nights of hotel downtown. How nice is that? Sounds like a pretty amazing St. Patty's Day. I'm in no way taking a knee. I got to wait and see if I'm available. Ah, I see. Okay, because I might be at a hockey tournament in Rochester, New York. Ah, he's yeah. a game time decision. But if I'm not, then I'll be there. Then I'll See you there. Rocking See you there. out with his shamrock out. Love you, Billy. Thanks for joining us today, man. I love you guys too, man. See you, love cousin. You, Billy. Michelle's up next. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.